worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. Guess what day it is? Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day, 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 What? <laughs> Come on, here well, we it, go. It sounded like the camel kind of You petered day. out? Yeah, you petered out no, on that one. No, the camel petered out. That's all right. It's all right. And you know, this is the best hump day. What is it's the last one of the year? Hump day, last of the year, and we hump into a... A long weekend. Yes, we do. <laughs> hmm. And hopefully there's a lot of that going on for everybody this weekend. Why not? I hope so. Bring in the new year the right way. That's exactly right. So looking forward to that. And it's going to be a great show. It is going to be a great show. We, we've got a lot to get into over the next four hours. Yeah. Yep, because dude. this is our last show of the year. That's why it's the great hump day. <laughs> Not that we're going to miss you guys, but we'll be back next oh, year. Next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next year. It's like the joke that never gets old. It's always funny, but it's corny. Yeah. yeah I'll see you next year. See you next year. See you next year. <laughs> that's a next year problem. You know, as my kid often says, that's a tomorrow problem. That's, or that's exactly a next right. month problem. That's a next year problem. It's going to be a great year. I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it. Gonna have some great football this weekend. Not only the NFL, but you got the college football playoffs. Man, lots happening this weekend. Yeah, there is, and, and and lots of great bowl games. And congratulations to the Texas State Bobcats. Yes, for drinking I, all the beer, dude. I, I mean, <laughs> you you think about one that was a great football game. Sure. I mean, you had a couple of pick sixes. You had a fat man touchdown. <laughs> I mean, you you had a lot going on. And I could not be more impressed with the showing that Texas State fans had up there at SMU Stadium. When I started seeing pictures, and the, the game started while we were on the air. Now, it took forever. I got home, and it wasn't even halftime yeah, exactly. yet. Exactly. Right? And the referees were awful. Uh, they were even cussing <laughs> oh, on, a, on, on a microphone. No, I mean, they had a lot of stuff that... You know, you would have thought that they were reffing a preseason game. I mean, do you see, you know, there was one I'm talking about. They counted like 45 yards off against uh, yeah. Rice. And they were like, well, no, one of those personal fouls was on Texas State. So they're offsetting. Uh-huh. And then the, the the actual running into the punter on fourth and five declined. And and uh, G.J. Kenny was like, well, wait a minute. I'm not going to decline that. 
if those are offsetting, but you said they were both against Rice. Whatever. It was a cluster bleep, right? I mean, it was. Well, it was Texas State and Rice. They figured, you know. Yeah. Uh, we don't need our best for this the, one. The smart guys are going to figure it out, right? So you look at you look at what you saw last night. You had uh, twenty five thousand, give or take, at that stadium. Yes, you did, right? Uh huh. The vast majority, Texas State Bobcat fans. Yes. And pictures, videos from the crowd that I saw on social media looked tremendous. Then they ran out of beer on the Texas State side in the first half. There's nothing more on brand for the party school that is Texas State than that. Dude, I'm going to tell you what. I don't know what, where those people have been that stock the beer coolers at that stadium, but they had to know who was coming to that ball game. Well, I, I mean, they I, obviously failed more miserably. people in the stadium for that bowl game than at SMU games this year. I know. And then they went and they apparently drank all the beer on the rice side. Well, too, of course they right? did. You know, and again, they're rice types. I mean, I don't know what the wine and cheese selection was like on their <laughs> side, but the beer that's just gone. Right. And then Texas State gets the win, their first ever bowl game, their first bowl win, and they storm the field. Of course they did. Which was awesome. I mean, this was this was historic for that university. And, I mean, G.J. Kinney's got to be a folk hero. They're probably already building his statue. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I would. Sure. All I know is Don Coriel, the athletic director, when he made the hire, he got it right. Yeah, well, yeah. And for them to have that turnaround as quickly as they did. I know uh, Deion Sanders got all the attention for turning a battleship quickly early in the year. G.J. Kinney did the same thing and got a bowl win in one of the most memorable seasons, uh, I don't know, since the 80s. Since the early for, 80s. For Texas State. Well, there has the, not... The, the most memorable football season since they dropped Southwest and just became Texas State. That is absolutely true. But yeah, Jim Wacker, many moons ago, back in the early uh, late 70s, early 80s, there hasn't been a coach that that school could get around, honestly, until now. Yeah. And and Kenny had to go prove it. Nobody knew who G.J. Kenny was. Sure. Oh, UIW. And he did. He went up there and turned that thing around because, as we've noticed, uh, and the transfer portal has a lot to do with it now, but Texas State was never a destination for a lot of these good high school football players. You know, you look at, and I've been saying this for a long time, you know, for a lot of years I worked at the radio station in New Braunfels. Yeah. And even there, Texas State – kind of ignores south of San Marcos. Mm -hmm. They focus all their attention to Austin. Yeah. They'd rather get 12 seconds on Austin TV after a minute and a half of UT coverage than, you know, time in San Antonio or, or, or South Texas. And that, that's been their mindset. And in San Marcos, they get Austin television stations. So that, that's what they want to watch. So it's a, an issue I've seen at Texas State for, for a long time. UTSA doesn't play a snap yet. They hire Larry Coker and automatically have become more relevant on the national scene than Texas State. Which was a great move. It was a great move, and you've seen what's happened with UTSA football. This is a step in the right direction for, for Texas State. And, you know, I love the uh, Twitter battles that you see. You know, UTSA fans making fun of Texas State fans storming the field after a first responder bowl uh -huh. win. And then Texas State fans saying at least we showed up because, you know, UTS only had 11,000 at their bowl game. 
Well, um, I would I would have loved to have seen somehow, some way, and I know it couldn't happen, but a bowl game between Texas State and UTSA. Well, I mean, it could have happened. That would have been. I mean, great. Rice is an American kick athletic Rice, school. Kick Rice out of there. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. It, it would have been. Although we saw what they did in the regular season. Um, again, yeah, that UTSA won. It's different now. It is. Bowl, bowling is different. GJ Kenny. Uh, Don Coriel, all those up there in San Marcos, congrats, man. That was a hell of a showing last it night. Was, it was fantastic. And to the student body at Texas State, way to go. Thanks for holding up the tradition of the party school that is mm-hmm. San Marcos, Texas. Yep. I'd like to think I had a little something to do with that. I mean, Blanche you, had a little something to do I mean, with that. I mean, you helped lay the foundation. Damn right. I mean, you're old enough to remember when they opened the doors and started making that a party school. Southwest Texas State University. You know, um, then you had, you know, Pledge kind of helped carry the weight there. He did. He did. You know, yeah. in, the, uh-huh. in, the, in the late 90s. Uh-huh. You know, he did his part. And our buddy Chuck McAtenick had something to do with that, too. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a long list of uh, legends that went to Texas State. You're sitting with two of them right now. Where's Chuck? <laughs> oh, man. I'm, you know, well, I go to San Marcos. I'll hear stories about old Joe Reinagle. I'll hear stories dude. about Chuck McAtenick. <laughs> I hear nothing about James Pledger except the stories he tells. I got to tell you, though, that, that is the most Texas State thing of every. You know, they won the game. That's good. But that's almost secondary now <laughs> with the fact that they drank all the beer. I love that. It is fantastic. Well, I just can't wait to see the shirts they come up with. Uh, it's, oh, it's going to be legendary. Yes. Legendary. So I'm at, I'm at Parker's New Vision today. Yeah. Right? With Maggie, she got her one-week checkup, and I'm talking to Angie Cruz, who does their, their publicity and, and media and all that stuff. Her son goes to Texas State and was at that game. Really? He is partly responsible Good. for the legend of Texas State. That is awesome. She didn't. She didn't know the story. Oh, <laughs> but when I told her, it's like, well, my son was there. Mm-hmm. He did his part. <laughs> he, he did his part. proud parent moment. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Well, and that, that's what it is. You uh, know, it's all, all about winning, and, and that's what they did. Now we had our rib competition last week, <laughs> and 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 we still have bones to pick. Apparently, apparently so. Well, look, uh, Rob Thompson doing the most aggy thing ever and claiming victory when there wasn't. Okay. Right. Howdy. <laughs> Now, I, I, and, and look, you were there. Pledge was there. Yeah, we never really did an official testing. Was right? it official? There were two red solo cups, though. Well, there were three. Right? Well, there actually uh, but, was. Yes, but, but there wasn't the the way we talked about how we were going to do this never actually uh-huh. happened. That, right? That is absolutely true. Rob Thompson stood in my kitchen and said, "You know, we can't declare a winner on this, so we'll just talk about having a great time." Uh, All right, cool. That was Rob's idea. Okay. Not mine. That uh-huh. was Rob's idea. Okay. And then of course he comes on the radio yesterday, yeah, claiming victory because he did have more uh, pieces of paper uh-huh. in in a red solo cup. Yes. Now he might have put them all there. Nobody really knows, I right? Just, I saw them. I, you, I don't know. You didn't see people put them in the cup. I, well, right? I, I saw a couple, but it was you know it was stuffed. You know, and I saw one person thought it was Rob's <laughs> ribbon. It was mine. So whatever. But but Rob's idea uh-huh. was we're not going to declare a winner here, right? It so was how, just how, a, how do we settle this thing? Well, I, I I don't know, but Rob is claiming victory. Uh-huh. Uh He claimed victory yesterday on the air. I, I've kind of called back, called him out a little bit for uh, um, 
claiming victory. You know, it's like he set me up. Like, uh-huh. how, how are we going to uh-huh. declare a winner here? And so this was Rob this morning on R&R in the morning, doubling down on his claimed victory. Now, Rob Thompson, my friend. Rob, you stood in my kitchen and said, we didn't do this right. We're not going to declare a winner. We're just going to have a good old time and say we had fun. And then you go on the radio yesterday claiming victory in our rib competition? Really, man? It's not a claim. Rematch. Sore loser. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like a sore loser to me. Yep. It was. A, Did you tell ribs. him that at his house? That well, we weren't going to declare. Just, you were just trying to be nice in the moment. I yeah. know you. You didn't want to embarrass him at his house, so you say, hey, man, it's no big deal. We didn't do it right. Don't worry about it. But then, of course, we come to the airwaves. You say you kicked his ass. That's what we all want. I didn't want to bring up the fact that I saw the bowls where the votes were. (laughs) Well, according Um, to Joe, listening yesterday, yours had way more votes. Well, I I, I only saw one vote for (laughs) Jay. And it was in his handwriting. That's not true either. I'm just, I'm just saying. That is not true. No, he no, said, he says he I'm wants kidding. a rematch, and a, well, a worthy one because we all ate good. The, I, the true, the best part of this rematch is well, what the next step should be. We all do a picanha because, or a tri-tip because so, so Joe, Joe brought that to town, and that might have been the best meat of the night. Let's. I'm gonna be. Very I don't honest. think there's what any he question. Was extraordinary. Too bad I threw a lot of it on the floor, or I played a role. <laughs> See, and here's the thing, and I know I'm getting people are saying you sound like a sore loser. Uh huh. I'm not. Um, if Rob would have won in a a way that we did, because he did have more things in the cup, and I mean, you know, that's how it is. But he's the guy that sat there in the kitchen and said, "We're not going to declare a winner. Let's I, just I, let's just do this." I have to take your word for that, Jason, because I never heard well, that. He, he didn't deny it right there. Well, he didn't. But right? I'm just I, saying, I, mean, I I didn't I didn't hear sure. that. Uh, so I don't but know. But you also didn't see anybody put anything in a solo cup. I did see a couple of people, yes. Yeah. You should blame your daughter for that. Well, she shouldn't yeah. have set up the whole solo cup thing. Well, and, and again, and by the time she did, we were all drinking heavily. <laughs> Very heavily. Right? It was, didn't it take was, long. No. No. But it's cool either way, because we all did eat well. And we so did, that's, that's yes. I was, I, was, I was good with that, because, you know, I mean, in your tri-tip was good what didn't land on the floor uh, that yes, Rob knocked yes. off the floor. We, we could do that. I, I just think that um, this has got to happen again. And we've got to put, um, I mean, get some judges and set it up formally. Yeah. There's got to be some rules involved here. And you guys have got to make more than two slabs of ribs each. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, at the time that we set out to do this, um. Two slabs of ribs, two racks of ribs, seemed uh-huh. like it was going to be plenty. Well, no, it, it, it wasn't even close. It, it wasn't, because a lot more people showed up at the house. <laughs> yes, uh, they I mean, the, did. The, the party grew in size uh-huh. uh, after the menu was set, but then you were going to do a tri-tip, which was great, except for half of it ended up on the floor. Half of it ended up on the floor. I just Maybe sliced more than the that. damn thing. Sliced it up, real nice presentation, and then yeah. bam, yeah, on the floor it went. Yeah. But kind of like the Aggies hanging a national championship banner in 1939, Rob, Rob's claiming victory here after he literally <laughs> said, "Yeah, there's no, there's no winner." Uh, there's only one way to settle this. We've got to, uh, we got to do it again and make it official. Well, we can do that. No, and I don't mean a year from now. This has got to happen like early in the new year. Good luck organizing that. I, I got I no mean, problem with that. Think about what it took to get. This one's set up. 
Well, it sounds like maybe we should have more of a uh, secret society kind of thing, just like the the uh, the the immediate SA Sports Star family. So nobody else. Well, well see, the which plus is, ones. I mean, the well, wives well, can well, come, well, right? Well, we sure, can... but it was originally that way, and then my kid realized uh-huh. we were having a function at the house. It's Christmas time, so she invited a bunch of her friends, and then, um, well, it's Christmas time, so then it kind of became a Christmas party slash rib cook, and, and the fact that Rob was an hour and a half late. That we don't need it doesn't have to be Christmas. It doesn't have to be anything. It could be Tuesday or a random Saturday. And and I'm fine with that. A random Saturday. Yeah. It's probably better. Or you know, I mean something maybe maybe during March Madness or, Ooh. or you know, something like that. Well that's that. not early January. You you just said early January. Well, now could, you it, want to go March Madness. It could be a weekend. Uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot of great playoff games. Unfortunately the Cowboys probably won't be playing, but you know, somebody will be. You hear him? <laughs> the hell are you talking about? Well, the Texans might still be playing at that please, time. Please, golf <laughs> and barbecue. We can make a day of it. Yeah. What'd what? What say? barbecue? Golf then barbecue. Oh, make a day of it. Yeah. Apparently, you don't know how to barbecue. You don't golf <laughs> and then barbecue. <laughs> Not when it comes to ribs. Don't you got cruise control on your trigger? No. You know, again, you're out of your lane, sir. You you know there's things that go on <laughs> while it is is going. You don't just put it on there and go play golf and come back and hope that it's ready. Things are happening throughout the process. You know Lloyd on our YouTube channel says we ought to have a Super Bowl pregame. That could be like a the pregame show for the Super Bowl. You know I'm, I'm I'm down with that. I mean that wouldn't be a bad thing. Although we'll have spent a week in Vegas. Ah, that's a good point. And yeah, then, can't, can't be that. And then if we come back on my birthday, I have a feeling I won't go home and just hang out at the house. So Super Bowl Sunday, I'll have something going. I don't know if I'm hosting another party. Uh-huh. I mean, if we're doing it at your house. Well, I, I'm not opposed to that. You know. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. But I think that it needs to happen, and it needs to be made official. We need to get some official judges because, you know, I'm tired of both of you guys whining. It just Nobody's both, whining. both of you are just whining. Nobody is whining. So I we need to have an official judge or judges. Yeah. And um, well, and, and, do we the were, same and, and we were gonna do that. Yeah. That, that, I think that's kind of what started well, all this. Well two of them didn't show up, so well, that was, that that was, was the part problem. of the problem is you guys didn't want them to be judges. Well, you I, and Rudy and Rudy didn't show up till damn near ten o'clock and was, all the ribs were gone. I was there. Yeah, you were there. I was there. Did you judge? I didn't. <laughs> Well, the problem was that I had but the problem was I had one of your hearing, ribs. We keep hearing what the problem is, and there, I, I, I didn't try Ross. Well, <laughs> but th- it was really just kind of whack. Yes, you know, it really was the it, whole it, thing. It was, and and I and I think that's why Rob said what he said, and then of course comes on the on the air and and claims victory. Well, which which I'm fine with. Only one way to settle it: have it do it again. I'm going to organize this thing. Oh good lord! Yeah, I'm I'm gonna organize it. We're and, all uh, screwed it now. May, it may have to be like a after Super Bowl thing that people can look forward to since football's over. Do it for a big USFL opening weekend. <laughs> no, <laughs> it oh. will just be will be the stars of the show. The NFL's over. We're the stars. Maybe we'll do something for the uh, NBA All-Star Game, since the Spurs likely won't have anybody in that. Well, so although, nobody watches that crap anyway. Although, so. look, we're 29 games into the season. <laughs> Pop is now finally 
maybe going to consider demanding accountability from his players. No, he's going to hurt their feelings. That's what he said last night, or he might make some changes. Uh. We'll dive into that next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. Lots of ball games throughout the day and over the next couple of days. Uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Is that the Will Levis Bowl? Yeah, well, uh, Barstool Sports just tweeted out video of a dude pre-gaming at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And he's got a bottle of mayo and he just squirts it into his mouth. Oh my gosh. That's awful. It, it, that is awful. That's, that's awful. That's almost as bad as Coach Jeff Trailer over at UTSA. Now, Trailer has told us before here on the Blitz that he puts ketchup on steak, on chicken fried steak, yes, on yes, everything. Yes. Now, somebody claiming to be Coach Jeff Trailer's mom, uh huh, based on caller ID, it very well may have been, or somebody that has the last name of Trailer, <laughs> but. While we were talking about ribs, somebody claiming to be Coach Jeff Trailer's mom called in and said that he does indeed put ketchup on everything, including ribs. Need to try it. Ain't happening. Well, I don't know about ribs, but the chicken fried steak, when we talked about that. That's disgusting. No, it's really not. It really With the ketchup is. and the and the, uh, and the gravy, it, it is absolutely fantastic. No, it's not. Now, I'm not going to put ketchup on a steak. All right, a little A one sauce. If I'm at, at salt grass or something, maybe that's wow. all. But you know, well, you, I mean, so you go salt grass is the low level steak that well, needs a little kinda, help. No, it's salt. It, you know, it's not bad. But I mean, I can get away with it there. No, I'm not going to Ruth Chris or or Jay Prime and and put you know anything on the steak because you don't need it. You don't need it. But apparently, you do at salt grass. Well, not, no, but I can get away with it there. No, you really can't. I know. I really you, can. You really shouldn't. Yes, I can do that. No. I'm telling you, gravy, ketchup, no. chicken fried steak. We tried it's that. We tried that at Longhorn. You didn't try anything. Well, I did. I did. I watched you do it. I put a little ketchup. I tried it. Uh huh. It wasn't good. I don't remember that. And again, kind of like you're talking about with your steak at uh, apparently places above Saltgrass. Uh huh. They don't need it. No. Gravy doesn't need the help. It adds the flavor no, it re- to the gravy. Well, and it looks disgusting, by the way. Well, who cares what it looks like? Well, I mean, you're putting it in your mouth. It needs to look appetizing. It's, it's, it's all going to get mixed together anyway. Yeah, but it gets mixed together when you don't see it anymore. But I'm telling you, it's fantastic. You do that. You can also do that with, with chicken strips, steak strips, like my good friends at Dairy Burger and Alice. Dairy Burger. Yeah. Yeah. They are, actually, you put salsa. Well, in the gravy. See, I kind of get mad. Like if I go to a Dairy Queen and get steak finger, my a steak finger basket, uh-huh. they give you the cup of gravy. Yeah, but I've got ketchup for the fries. Yeah, I get a little irritated with some of the ketchup from the fries gets mixed in with the gravy as it's getting to your. It's uh, all getting it, it, mixed it, it, in there. It's anyway. fine, but it's not not at the beginning, which is where it matters. When it hits your taste buds, you don't want that weird look on your face. Well, look, I'm just telling you that. What? Uh, it, some of us know what's good. Some of us don't, well, obviously. Well, well, Jeff Trailer and his mom, they know what's good. Yeah. No. Joe Reinagle knows what's good. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Dude, you came in here sporting Taco Bell tacos today. And you were jealous I didn't pick you up some. No. You know how bad the Taco Bells were? Now I was running late today. 
and and so I needed to go somewhere quick. And I was passing a Taco Bell that had no line, so I jumped in. <laughs> Do they ever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've been there in the daylight. Huh. So I come in, and Laura, who's the only person in this building working that isn't on the air right now. Yes. She is the only one that is actually working from the office. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you went to lunch? Yeah, I got some tacos. You want one? She said no. <laughs> she had some sort of frozen lunch uh-huh. that she opted that over the Taco Bell. But I was in a hurry. So well, I mean, it happens. It was, I don't mind it was, it was Taco, Taco Bell, Bell tacos. You should have gone to Dairy Queen. Uh, dude, I said I was in a hurry. Well, Dairy Queen's you're never you quick. can't go to Dairy Queen when you're in a hurry because there's always a line. No, for even the tacos. If there, even if there isn't a line, and I'm not going to Dairy Queen and getting tacos. If I walk into a Dairy Queen, even if I'm thinking I want a belt buster, I get up to the counter and I say steak finger basket. It just happens. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the steak fingers there. You just tried to tell the people you know what's good, and then you're going to follow it up with that statement. Dairy burger. In Alice, uh-huh. as the best steak strips there are. There might be, but you're not going to Alice to get them. Well, you really should. Well, what, do you, what are we doing after the show? We don't have to work tomorrow. No. We, we want to take a road trip to, we really to Alice and go to Dairy Burger? be a good dinner. Let's say we get out at 6. We could be there by 8. 8? Eight. 8. I've seen you drive. 7.30. Well, maybe 7.30. Maybe? Maybe. Well, you're going to have to stop and pee how many times? <laughs> What depends? Eight fifteen. We're, we're taking roadies. Eight, 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 never, sir. Never. Eight, eight, of course eight, eight, not. Eight fifteen. It is. <laughs> well, I hope that was uh, Jeff Trailer's mother that called in. And and next time, ma'am, if you would talk to us. Yeah. That that would be awesome. We'd Let's love to have. Did, we'd did, love to have you on the show. Did you keep her from coming off the on the air? Did you ask her if she wanted to come on? And she said no. She just called to tell you. Now the the caller ID said Linda. Was that is that his mom? I mean, I'm sure it's available on the Google box. We'll we'll Google while we talk to Abel here on the Blitz. Abel, what's up, man? <laughs> what's hey, up, guys? What what are you eating, Abel? Sounds like you're eating something. Sure am. I mean, the burger from Good Burger too. From, from where, brother? McDonald's. Sometimes. Oh, dude, please. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sometimes you just got to go and get something less than ten bucks. <laughs> this anyway, is true. And every now and then, you just need a good Big Mac. Uh, so what I'm saying is, mm. I was talking to, to Pledge, and I was saying, you guys should do a four-team barbecue cook-off called the Carney Bowl, and it's going to be the Blitz versus R&R, four teams, kind of like the college football playoff. Okay. And the, the two winners will compete again for the ultimate championship. It'll be Ryan Eagle, Minix, Rudy J and Rob. I don't know the Rudy J. Ice is not an entry for this, and that's apparently all Rudy J can do. Well, you know, if you're calling him out on the air, I think that might inspire him to like actually step up and make something <laughs> instead of consume something. See, uh-huh. here's so here's the problem. There. I wouldn't try. Rudy has a brother-in-law who is one hell he of is. a master griller. Yes, he is. Right. Rudy Rudy would show up claiming his when it was made by uh his brother-in-law. I I wouldn't I would not trust Rudy at all in, in that kind of situation. I I would not. So apparently uh Linda Trailer according to Google is the name of Jeff Trailer's mother. Linda, please call in any time. You are welcome here. Yes. 
Yes. As is your son. Yes. Although. Care Bear can call in too. Sure. Of course. Absolutely. I mean, they're almost like the first family of San Antonio uh, well, right they, now. They are. Absolutely they are. Although, ketchup? Dude, I'm telling you, it's it's, uh, it's an underrated. It's an acquired taste. It's underrated. No, I've been doing it since I was a kid. Like I mean, I you said, just do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. A lot of things you've been doing as a kid that people frown upon. Well, you know, you know. it happens. Some habits are hard to break. It's like bedwetting. Well, that's I exactly, mean, you know. Eventually you get over it. Well, sometimes, or you don't. Sometimes. Yes, sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, Pop's got a lot of young kids on his team. He really does. Um, But he's, he's seemingly about to put somebody in timeout. We'll explain coming up next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. Glad to have you along on this Wednesday, this Wemby Wednesday. Hump day! A lot of people commenting on uh, the YouTube <laughs> channel, and if you're there, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. Uh, although some of you are really revealing about yourselves on YouTube, like Vince Trevino. He said, ketchup is the only way to go with steak. It's the best. Well, again, I, I, steak. I, I can't even go that far. A lay one, though. It's good. Now, he does say ketchup on a chicken fried steak is the best. Well, it is good. But you're telling me that you're going you're, you're gonna to get a nice bone-in ribeye, a, a nice filet mignon, mm-hmm. a nice porterhouse, and I, I, I don't know, um, a New York strip, and you're going to... Grill it up and put ketchup on it. No, I'm not. But Vince is. Vince is going to, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that will do that too. Um, look, there, there are certain places that I draw the line, but I, I, I don't so understand. You can, you can draw the line at a steak, yes, but not a chicken fried steak, but give people crap that don't like the idea of drawing the line before it gets to the chicken fried steak. Right, really, chicken fried steak is a hamburger covered in, in crust. Is it not? I mean, basically, not, yes. Not quite. I mean, that's basically what it I is. I mean, it really isn't. And I don't squirt the ketchup all over the chicken fried steak. I have the gravy, uh-huh. and I put the gravy inside the, or the ketchup inside the gravy. Yeah, yeah. So, and and all of that is just. I mean, but, the flavors that come out is like pop. I mean, if you enjoy that, it's delicious, right? Delicious. In your mind. One, I think it looks disgusting. Well, who cares what it looks like? I care what it looks there's like. There's a lot of food that uh, looks uh, like hold crap on. that's still pretty good. Uh, there is, and there's a lot of food that looks back at you like you refuse to eat any kind of fish that has a face on it that with the eyeballs looking at you. Well, I don't really like fish anyway right. in that way. But so. you don't like the idea of going to a barbecue uh, and there's a whole hog out there and no. you, you know because because the, the pigs looking at you I don't want right? to look it's still it's still bacon it's still ham it, it, well, it's still pulled pork but, but it's looking at you with a cute apple in its mouth well exactly and you want nothing to do with that I can go to the store and buy bacon that doesn't have eyes <laughs> or the ham that doesn't have eyes that's looking at me eating it yeah 
Now Vince has really lost his rocker. He said McRibs are the best. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I, I can't even protect you there, Vince. That's horrible. <laughs> Tastes like a sponge with barbecue sauce on it. See, and that's what I worry about. If we do a, another rib contest and uh -huh. Rudy's involved, he's going to go <laughs> get some McRibs as his entry. Well, there's a reason they don't sell those every day, right? They just come around once in a while. Dude, I, that was one of the most disappointing well, it takes days a while to get all life. the rib parts to be able to make one. <laughs> One of the most disappointing days of my life. What's that? I couldn't wait to try the McRib. Yeah? When they first came out. Uh-huh. Went to McDonald's, got the McRib, and took a bite, and I went, oh, yeah. Oh, Yuck. yeah. <laughs> it was awful. Uh-huh. Are they available now? I don't know. Are they I out now? You're a McRib fan, aren't you? No, I hate the McRib. That is the stupidest thing ever made. <laughs> it's horrible. And Pledge eats anything. Yes. No, if there was a McRib sitting there, Pledge would eat it. He'd bitch about it, but he would eat it. Probably. No, I don't know. Not even that. No, he would eat it. See, I, I don't understand our YouTube channel. Everybody everybody tries to be funny. Yeah, everybody. So John Sobery says Joe likes fish sticks. That's a fact. Is that a problem? <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. You eat like a five-year-old, and I, that's I more proof of it. I don't understand that. And ketchup goes great with fish sticks, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's why, got, that's why ke I want Ketchup you use to make things edible. Well, that that's aren't. why I want to go to Fred's Fish Fry, because Rudolph says that next, is a square fish stick. You know, I've never been to Fred's Fish Fry. I haven't either, but that's it, on the bucket list. <laughs> well, it was on the bucket list, and I don't know enough about this to really talk about it except for things that i've read uh, in the express news and what i've seen on social media but and i get what freds is doing but you know the whole spurs basketball jersey thing and now yeah. they're suing all those people that you know were having fun with their name and then they came out with their own basketball jersey to sell Fed, uh, Fred's did? Yes. I thought that's what they were suing for because no. somebody came out well, with that. Well, well, but, but they came out with it using their logo. So, And I get it. You've got to protect your, your logo and your brand. But to sue a bunch of guys <laughs> and then and then turn around and do your own, uh -huh. I, I, I don't know. I, just, I, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> Fish uh, sticks, huh? Fish sticks, yes. Rudy Gonzalez says, when are they coming out with the McLobster? Don't know. I, I, I won't be trying that either. Mc we had a McLobster in uh, in Boston that I didn't try. No, it was a lobster roll. Well, it's a McLobster. That'd be the same thing. It'd be similar. Yeah. Except for if it's McDonald's, if they use rib parts to make the McRib, are they using lobster parts to make the McLobster? I, I, I Yes, it would be my guess. It's McDonald's. Is any of that stuff real? Well, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, was it 85 with the Where's the Beef? <laughs> yeah, that was one of the greatest though. commercials what, ever. Yeah, but it was a knock on who? McDonald's. Well, sure, because there was no beef. It were, they were fake. They were beef parts. And now they're selling fake burgers that are veggie burgers. Well, for vegetarians have to eat something. Well, I mean, that's a whole debate in itself. Why the hell are you a vegetarian? Especially if you're related to a guy that eats nothing but meat. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> there, there, are, there are weird questions in this world that need to be answered. Uh, yes. Um, yes. 
cows are grass-fed, so in a way, they're vegetarian, oh, right? Sure. <laughs> now, see, Pledge has pulled something up from Fox News. It says Taco Bell sued over meat that's just 35% beef. What's the date on that article? 2014? Oh, so they may have changed that since uh, then. I mean, although 35% beef is more than I figured. Dude, I told you the story about Poncho's Mexican Buffet in Corpus Christi yeah. using Alpo. Although we were told that wasn't necessarily yeah, true. I'm, I'm pretty it just sure it looked was. like Alpo, and they served it in metal bowls that looked like he'd give it to your dog. Well, it was delicious, by the way. Uh-huh. Poncho's the flag, used, huh? used to love going there, yes. that I think it was a thing mm-hmm. that they tried to use Alpo at one time, or Alpo-looking stuff. <laughs> Uh, now see, Fred's just rubbing he's it just in. He's bragging now. He's listening from the Windstar Casino. If you need any advice there, Fred, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. I go ahead. Don't and, listen to Joe. Double down on that, Fred, right yeah. now. Oh, uh, double down on that, huh? <laughs> <sighs> Is Greg Popovich finally getting frustrated? As a fan, as a Spurs fan. I've been frustrated for a while. Uh-huh. Greg Popovich, last night, we're 29 games into the season. Spurs lost last night. Uh-huh. They played good for a while. It was it was a well, good dude, game. That's the story of it, the it, season. It, it was a good game until it wasn't. But Pop seemed surly at the beginning of the game, watching on television. Mm-hmm. He seemed surly with his players. He seemed surly with the refs. He Where's seemed, the line change? He, he seems, he, well, I, I mean, Where is it? It may be. It might. It might. Listen to the man carefully. It might be time for him to think about an adjustment. That was one of them. But, you know, we, we're still searching for consistency. Uh, we're not consistent offensively or defensively. We go in spurts and really haven't matured enough to understand that when an NBA game is difficult and calls for consistency, uh, it's a 48-minute game, and you can't, you know, be consistent on offense and execute or uh, execute on defense for, you know, 20 minutes of of the game. You're you're not going to win that way. You know, they've got you know they've got a great player in marketing. They've got some older guys, 30, 31 years old, have been around. They're mature. They're physical. Uh, Will does a great job with them coaching, and they come after you for all 48. Uh, we still haven't figured that out yet. Part of it is youth. Part of it is probably uh, I need to uh, demand from certain people it's time they have to be more consistent or I make changes. <laughs> a couple of things there that Pop just kind of you know, indicted himself. Talking about the Utah Jazz and the veteran leadership that they have. You know, Utah's not very good. No. I mean, they're they're, they're not, not very good, but they have veterans. Guys that are 30 years old. Spurs have none of those guys. Although, uh, maybe McBuckets. There's not a good mix of veterans on this team. We know that. But we knew that going in. They're a young team. But Wemby is a rookie. Jeremy's in his second year. Keldon's been around. Devin's been around. They, these other guys have been around. They should know how to be pros by now. 
But we're 30 games into the damn season now. You probably might think that you might demand some consistency or you might make a change. I, I, I know young teams have a longer leash to say. But demanding consistency early would have probably been a, a better approach. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, at the beginning it was observation phase. I don't know, are we out of that now? We're going to demand consistency? I mean, there's only 50-some-odd games left in this miserable season that was supposed to be about winning. Well, yeah, we're, what, a third of the way through? Even perhaps a little more than that? I mean, math about is hard, but at 29 out of 82, it's not quite a third. But well, I get so it. We, we're, we get, we're, we're what, 41 is halfway. They, they, you so. said there would be no math. Well, no, <laughs> I'm trying, though. I try to improve myself. Yeah, good luck with I, that. I, I just don't understand. I don't get it. And this Greg Popovich that we're sitting here having to watch and listen to, um, just maybe, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't know why. And, and it baffles me because I've watched Greg Popovich pull a 19-year-old Tony Parker off the floor and berate his ass in front of 18,000 people yep. on more than one occasion, and it worked. Tony Parker's a Hall of Famer. I just I just don't understand that the, the kids of today can't handle that for some reason. I think the, the Tony Parker situation, very different because there were so many veterans on the group, the expectations were higher. I, I agree with Pop. You have to be more patient with a young team. But how much patience do you have if you're teaching and not correcting immediately on consistency? He's been saying the same thing for 30 games now. Um, five games in, eight games in, 10 games in. You know, we're only getting a good 20 minutes out of 48. And we're still now 30 games in, only getting a good 20 minutes out of 48. And now you think you might want to start demanding consistency? I, I get you can't coach this group the way you did that group that had a Tim Duncan, had a David Robinson, had a Sean Elliott. Um, well, how are you going to coach him? It's the same. It's a game of basketball, isn't it? Well, I, I, I'm. What oh, do you uh, pat him on the tush and go try harder, young man? I, well, I, I think there though, if you had a Tim Duncan that could pull Tony aside and play good cop, bad cop. I get you can't coach it exactly the same, but this is so to the other end of the spectrum that you're 30 games in, and now you want to tell me that you you might start demanding consistency. Um, so, so just so. and again, it's not like everybody's a rookie. It's not like they all just picked up playing basketball in June, right? They all know how to play basketball, and again, outside of Wemby. Those that are getting consistent minutes, they're not rookies. They, they, they should know already how to be a pro or much more of a pro than what they're showing night in and night out. The problem is with this team, as I see it, is they don't know how to play as a team. There's a bunch of individuals out there, uh, and, and they're all trying to win the game by themselves. That's what I see. And, and you can't do that. I don't care how good you think you are. Uh, how many years you've been in the league, you've got four other guys on the floor with you, and they need to be involved. Um, Wimby, is, is I think he's hurt. I'm not sure. He looks hurt. Pop says he was hurt. Pop said he didn't look like 100%. He's not going to play in both games in Portland. It doesn't matter. At, at this point in time, I'd rather put guys on the floor 
that that never play. I don't, go grab some guys from Austin. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point in time? Put them on the floor. Let them play. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they'll play like a team. Maybe they'll be more consistent than this group that we have right now. I can look at a stat sheet here, and I can see, well, Keldon Johnson, that was great coming off the bench. You know, he scores, what, 26 points last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, whoopty frickin' do. They lost by, by 12. A couple of years in the league, and the only habits these guys, guys have, how to lose. And it's it's a and, bad habit. They and, lost twenty three of their last twenty four ball games, and there's no consequence, none. And it's like, all right, well, on to the next. I, I I'd like to see Pop do something. I mean, at least I would think that he he hasn't cashed it in or mailed it in, and just letting these these group of youngsters. And I'm sick of that too. Oh well, they're so young. I don't give a damn. Are they getting a paycheck? I mean, you hire a nineteen year old, you're paying him. He better perform. I don't care how what he is. It doesn't matter. There's no learning curve in professional sports. Go win. You okay? No, I'm, I'm, it really irritates me. I'll be honest with you. Kevin Durant's irritated, too. Well, he's always irritated. So we'll explain the latest with Kevin Durant coming up next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Guess what day it is. <laughs> Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Here we go. Oh, what a glorious hump day it is. Here we go. Now, you kind of ran out of gas after the second one on no, that No, I really did not. I could keep, I'd keep going as long as you hump want. Day. Should we do the whole segment? I mean, would you? I'm happy to. Guess what day it is. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. I mean, I, I go all day. I'm sure the people <laughs> listening and watching would love it. Yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't. <laughs> Hump day. <laughs> See, generally, when, when Joe starts to run out of breath, I mean, one, if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see it happening. It's like a car wreck in slow motion. The face gets redder and redder, although with your uh, red half zip today, uh-huh. you're blending a little more than normal. But then you go, um, and, and it just gets weaker. It's like you try to change the octave because you, you've you've run out of air. Well, it, you know, you think that. I'm a professional over here. Really? You know, you want to make it where it's like it's it's entertaining and it's different and it's. Are you? Yeah, I mean, you know. Hump day. Hump day. See, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> <Woo! I> did... <laughs> <laughs> that opened you up. Oh, I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> it's hump day. You know, it's 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 like your golf swing. You try to make sure your swing is the same every time, right? You try, yeah. yes. You don't just say, well, you know what, I, I'm going to 
try uh, this kind of a swing here. What? Then you sound like that, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you, you know, it's it off, off to the right, and it's not even in a lady's tees, and you've lost a ball. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, you're doing this, and, and I, I like for people to know the difference. Because, really, when, when I'm on, you can't tell the difference between oh, me dang. and my good friend, the camel, over there. Let's hear toe right angle. Hump day. Hump day. See, it's the same thing. Toe. <laughs> Hump day. Joe. See? Hump day. Okay, Joe. Hump day. Toe. <laughs> what are you, an orchestra leader over here? What yeah, I love I'm that the, I'm just directing traffic. I do love that camel. Greatest commercial on television. Geico made a huge mistake getting rid of that. Huge. I mean, the 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 lizard union, the the gecko types would like a word with you. He doesn't have the same pizzazz as the camel. Hump day. See, I mean, have the lizard do that? Well, the lizard couldn't do that. Exactly. But you know what the lizard has that the camel doesn't? Stamina. Lizard's been doing it for years. Camel well, only lasts. Doesn't have to do anything. He just sits there. A lizard has been in all kinds of situations. Dude, let me tell you something. That lizard doesn't hold a candle to the camel. Hump day. You want to read uh, Robert Jimenez's comment there? Sure. What's it say? Hey, Jason, <laughs> he's humping as hard as he can. It does, Robert. There's no question. There's no no argument. But You're not going to read the rest of that? <laughs> gets harder that to last camel. as you get older. J- yes. <laughs> I, mean, I never lasted that long when I was younger. I mean, I'm saying I don't know, you know what age has to do with anything. It's like, ah, uh, so that's the way it is. Let's do the headline blitz. <laughs> this is Jason and Joe's headline blitz. Two guys, two opinions, never enough time. I hope that Rob and Rudy talked about this a little bit this morning on R&R in the morning. I I didn't wake up in time to hear their show. Why Um, do you hope that they did? Well, because this is the kind of story that would scare the holy crap out of one Rob Thompson. This is Rob Thompson's greatest fear on earth. A Tesla robot attacked a human engineer at their plant up in Austin. Now, apparently this robot's got, like, claws. It's designed to pick up Tesla's uh, the shells and move them from one part of the factory to the other. Uh-huh. Right. Well, this robot decided it was going to attack one of the engineers who was trying to reprogram the other robot that does that job too. Like he knew he might be replaced. Ah. And he took the engineer out, took his iron claws and grabbed the dude. He was bloody. It was <laughs> it was a mess. There was blood all over the floor. What are you laughing at, Pledge? Uh, with the movie The Iron Clock, I mean, I see what you did there. Okay. So when you look <laughs> at it, I, I, I mean, you know, the, uh, it was this the robot knew what it was doing. Dude, none of this surprises me. I saw iRobot with Will Smith. Yeah. I knew this was coming. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. They're going to take over. Yeah. They're going to turn on you. Uh, obviously. I, I mean. You know, this poor dude at, at the Tesla plant found that out. First hand. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Now, the crazy thing is this happened a couple of years ago. But as they are going through all the reports about accidents in the workplace, uh-huh. it, it finally came out. Ah. 
I think they, they tried to hide it. According to the report, the guy went to work the next day. He wasn't seriously injured. Yet there's blood all over the place. And a robot attacked a man. Well, dude, it's like when I shave, man. There's like a crime scene if you cut your face. It's like... So I imagine you might have just hit a, a soft spot. And it's a lot of blood. How often do you cut yourself shaving? <laughs> every now and then. Every now and then. How do you cut yourself shaving? You never cut yourself shaving. Dude, it's been a while since I've cut myself shaving. The problem... I mean, the, the way the razor blades are made today, um, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know how you cut yourself anymore. I get in a hurry. That's the problem. Like, well, do you use a cheap nothing knockoff razor? Well, it, it's yeah. Well, no, I don't know if it's uh, it's not supposed to be. I get them. It's a mail order razor. <laughs> <laughs> you really? It's a service, right? So I get razors like once a month. Really? You're, yeah. You get one of those? I do. Huh? It's very convenient. Yeah. And if you go to the store, you wonder why Robert Kraft makes so damn much money. You try buying blades at a grocery store. I got to tell you. My razor has lasted me a long time. Yeah. And I use the, uh, uh, the I think it's the mock, uh, whatever, five or whatever. Robert Kraft, yeah. thanks you. Oh, absolutely. Um, See, I don't. I use it. I use a blade maybe three times. And then uh, I, I, it's got to be sharp. Dude, I, I've got, my blades last me three or four months, right? <laughs> no, That's no. impossible. Uh, no, it, it's not. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. I use a shaving oil. It's called Shave Secret. The uh -huh. shaving oil. Uh -huh. And see, the, the oil keeps the blade sharp. Your shaving cream has salt and stuff in it, which erodes your blades. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Now, the guy that that, that uh, does the Shave Secret is the one that was telling me about uh -huh. this, right? And I thought, all right, whatever. And then you start looking at it, and you start testing it, and it's true. I haven't used shaving cream in probably 10 years. Now, where do you get this said you oil? Buy it at Walmart. Or you can go online. Uh, I've been using it for years. Um, but it, it, as you're shaving, it's actually sharpening um, That's impressive. The, the blades. I, I didn't know, you know that. Shaving cream is designed to destroy your blades, so you have to buy more of them. I'm a Barbasol guy. Yeah? Yeah. That's going to change. Well, apparently. Or you're going to keep cutting yourself with your uh, mail-order razors. Well, yeah, they're actually good razors. Are, are, are you, you go with the, uh, the the Harry's or the Dollar? I, right now, I'm a Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Harry guy. They got good blades. I, I guess. Mean. I don't know, but it's just, it, it's convenient. Well, it's convenient for what? For me. Because they show up at your house? It shows up in the mailbox. Yeah. I mean, it'd be just as convenient for and you to say. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper, well, by it, the way. Well, it's cheaper, but it's no more convenient than, uh, Maggie, when you're at the store, I need blades. Uh, you put them on your list. It's uh -huh. not like you're going to the store, buy them yourself either way. Well, that's why I say, I, that's why I get them. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm in good shape. Mm-hmm. In fact, I could probably sell you some. I got so many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they keep coming, right? I got a whole package that it's not even opened yet. And there's so if you need any razor blades, Minix. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I got like a three-year supply. Yeah. You buy them at Sam's and there's all those packages and you got them forever. Well, you, you spend about a bazillion dollars on those things. Less than you spend in a year for your subscription. You think? Yeah. 
It's like mine's like ten bucks a month. Yeah. Pretty and if cheap. you buy them at Sam's or a Costco, yeah, it might be your outlay is more. But no, you're just said you spend one hundred and twenty dollars a month on razor blades, give or take. You know, the yeah. package of whatever is forty. You're spending more. You're just not spending it all at once. <laughs> One time. Well, I, I wouldn't have to. If I if I could stop the subscription. I mean, you really can. Because, like, oh, I, I know what I could. and But restart it, right? I mean, because. You saw that light bulb. <laughs> it was the, the the confusion, and he was you're trying right. to process it. it. Now, I you know, he's like, you know what, you're right. Out. I'm spending $120 damn dollars on razor blades, <laughs> but it's only $10 a month. It's 10 bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to outlay that that large amount of cash at Costco. Forty bucks. It's forty dollars. I, I don't know. You have no clue. <laughs> it's not one hundred and twenty. <laughs> you sure? No. <laughs> the sports star beard growing contest will never happen. No, because neither neither guy on the blitz can grow a damn beard. I certainly can't. I I think I could do the goatee though. No, I no I could. I, uh, I can do that. Maybe I will. The Prove problem, it. Problem is, it just it gets once it gets itchy, it's, it's got to come off. Itchy. I, I shave maybe twice a week. My little brother showed up at the house the other night with a full beard. Yeah, did you yeah, recognize was, him? No. <laughs> Although on him, it looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't you, bad. You sound jealous. Yeah, oh, I was a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now that you want a beer, it's that you can't. I well, yeah, it's just like right in here. See, I, I got a spot right over here that just yeah. for whatever reason, man. Um, if you're watching on radio, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know the, the the other part that I've noticed because again, like like last week, I I don't know, I went almost a week without shaving. <laughs> My hair has yet to really start turning gray. Uh huh. But right here on my chin. That stuff was gray. It well, had see, to come off. That's the other thing too. Yeah. It would be because I I don't have much gray hair either. Pretty proud of that. You should be. Yeah, I am. You awesome. you should be. Uh, Cowboys. They've got the Lions this week. They do. Big game, according to Mike McCarthy. Big, big. It's huge. Yeah, it's you've lost two in a row. Toughest game on the schedule. He when, says that every week. When you've lost two in a row, it's a big game. Yeah, well, that it is. We'll dive into what the Cowboys need to do this week to get a win on Jimmy Johnson Ring of Honor night as we continue here on the Blitz. Don't forget that game is on Saturday. You can hear it right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Thursday on r in the Morning, the real bowl season gets going. We take a look at all the bowl games coming up over the weekend as it'll be our last show of 2023. And, of course, it's NFL gumbo time. We got Ravens, Dolphins. We got Tampa Bay Saints. And, of course, Cowboys Lions, we look at it all. And the Spurs are headed to Portland for a back-to-back. Wimby, will he play the first or the second game? Now back to the Blitz. Joe. Pump. <laughs> that was trying. actually a little bit better. He's trying. He's a little bit, little bit better. Well, He's here, 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 the other one. Oh, day. <laughs> In the one, can you play the one he did today? No. Can you turn up Blink One Eighty Two? It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Toe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minnick <laughs> on this Wemby Wednesday. 
If you want to go to the Bolero Alamo Bowl tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Stay tuned. Uh, probably in the next 10, 15 minutes, we'll give away not only a pair of tickets to the game from our friends at USAA, but a parking pass. Well, that's sometimes more <laughs> valuable than the tickets. You ain't lying there. Man. Well, good. I'm looking forward to that. That should be a good football game, I would think, in the Dome tomorrow night. Yeah, I um, I think so. Uh, of the bowl matchups, it is one of the better matchups. Typically, that t- tends to happen. But I do think we have a chance at a really good game. Now, Arizona, both t- two starting freshman quarterbacks, but the mm-hmm. Arizona freshman's been playing a little bit. Yeah, uh, The kid for Oklahoma, this will be the first time he started because their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, hit the portal and he's gone. And quite frankly, anytime Oklahoma loses, I'm a happy man. So, uh, and I'm very conflicted here because my daughter who goes to Arizona state said, who are you rooting for in this game? Because she knows (laughs) how I feel about Oklahoma. And apparently I have to feel that way about Arizona because she goes to Arizona state. Yeah, but dude, you cannot root for Oklahoma. That's against the Texas fan law. It's not going to happen. Can't have that. I can just root for a good game. I probably won't even bet on this one. What? But what's the spread? Do we know? I, I mean, I'm sure we've got devices that can I'm tell us. Find but out. I have not even looked because I don't want a rooting interest in this game. Outside of, I don't want to go watch a bad football game in person. So I, I hope that we have a good game. Although, if I'm rooting for anybody, it won't be uh, Oklahoma. Um, and look, I'm rooting for a team that's coming to the Big Twelve versus one that's leaving the Big Twelve. Arizona is minus two and a half. Huh. The over and under for that is 61. That's yeah, not enough. You don't think? <laughs> Dude, it's so hard to tell on bowl games. Well, you don't know who's going to play. With two freshman quarterbacks, um, you, you don't know. Um, yeah, I have to look at that. I, I kind of like uh, the Cats giving up the two and a half. Yeah. And I can't. I'm not near the Longhorn fan that you are. But there's just something about Oklahoma that I don't like. There's a lot of things about Oklahoma that I uh-huh, don't like, uh-huh. actually. Yeah. You know, and I've seen them here before and win. Yeah. Look, the, the the Valero Alamo Bowl is typically a good football game. I mean, they've they've been very fortunate over the years that most of their games are are very competitive all the way through. It it'll be a it'll be a fun one, uh that that's for sure. Now you you look at the Cowboys, uh Dallas Cowboys. Because there are other Cowboys that are playing tonight. You got Oklahoma State against Texas A and M in the uh, Texas Bowl tonight. Yes, um, the little brother version of the Red River Shootout. And again, I have no idea what A and M is going to look like playing in this game tonight. I have none, right? Because they've had so many guys hit the portal. You have a guy that's going to coach the team that's moving on to Syracuse as soon as this thing is over. I don't know if he's recruiting tonight for Syracuse or for Texas A&M. <laughs> it's just kind of odd um, when you look at it. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, um, Cowboys-Lions, and this Lions team isn't what we've seen through the years, right? Uh, they, they've clinched the, the division for the first time in 30 years. Uh-huh. They have an outside shot at getting the one seed. Dan Campbell doesn't want to come in and lose to the Cowboys as a guy that played for the Cowboys. Sure. Um, but the Cowboys have lost two in a row. And I said a couple of weeks ago, 
you know, the Cowboys could be looking at a three-game losing streak. Now, I thought they'd go get a win in Miami. I was wrong on that. Yeah, you were. Can they can they go get a win at home where they're a completely different team against a game Lions team? And Mike McCarthy was talking about what he really likes about Detroit. Good football team. Uh, I think really running the football and stopping the run. Um, I, I think you know those are two strengths of their their team. Um, playing playing very well. Uh, actually, I was very impressed with them last year. Playing playing here, you know, um, at AT and T. So um, this is this is going to be you know we feel like it's Saturday night and uh, you know a lot, lot on the line. You know, as far as playoffs um, opportunity, as far as the seeds. Um, you know, we look at it as two teams that have the potential potentially fighting for the number two seed. So um, it's going to be a great game. Fighting for the number two seed. Yeah. Is he talking about the Lions? Well, I, and the, the Cowboys still with an outside shot at that, too, if the Eagles trip. Well, but see, this is it. Shereen Williams was on with us yesterday here on the Blitz, as she is every Tuesday. And she said that the Lions really, they're, they're not going to be up for this game because they have nothing to play for. And I, and I beg to differ. I mean, when you look at what happened to San Francisco uh, last week, now, granted, they'll probably end up as the number one seed. I, I would still bet on them. But I, the Lions absolutely have something to play for. They've got the number one seed on the line. And I, I don't think that they're going to walk in here. And I don't think Dan Campbell will allow that to happen. I think he's going to have that team ready to play. And this is not going to be a cakewalk just because the Cowboys are at home. You know, it, it's not. Although... I think two losses in a row certainly gets your attention, and it better if you're the Dallas Cowboys, right? But it is an outside shot because all San Francisco needs to get the one seed is is a, a keep winning or a Detroit loss and a Philadelphia loss, and it's theirs. I mean, the the Lions getting the one seed, they need a lot of different things to happen. I don't think Dallas could finish no worse than the fifth because they've got the tiebreakers over everybody that's behind them. So they're going to have that and, and the lead that they have. Um, but with Philadelphia, you know, the way they've been playing, kind of like the way Dallas has looked the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's still kind of up in the air. So if the Cowboys can correct some things, and clearly with the move that they made, they got rid of a linebacker who yesterday got arrested for a little bit of weed uh, but he gets released, and they activate Matt Walesco. They need the depth on the offensive line because Truma was awful the other day. Yeah, and, but is Walesco going to be any better? I mean, he he's he, played he, three he, games he, in two years. He can't be any worse. Jeez. He, he can't be any worse. Uh, he could be. <laughs> I mean, you're the guy that's going to come in has played three games since he was drafted. I mean, in two he years. Sounds well-rested to me. Well, yeah, okay. But they've been high on this guy. <laughs> How do you know? He's still there. I guess. I mean, think about when Stephen Jones was sitting down with us in Oxnard. They were excited that he was finally healthy because they like what the guy can do. They talked about Walesco the way they talked about Terrence Steele, and he just hasn't been able to get healthy. If he's healthy enough now, I, I, I mean, quite honestly, I think Me, You, and Pledge could be a better option than what Chuma was the other day against Chubb, right? I can block just as well as that guy. Pun in time. I mean, I'm, uh -huh. no, I'm kidding. Uh -huh. uh, well, dude, he didn't even try. Oh, you're coming this way? Okay, I'm going to go that way. Yeah, there were he times. avoided all contact with that Chubb guy on more than one occasion. Jeez. I can do that. And you got another big rusher with the Detroit Lions in Hutchinson. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good, too. So, 
Look, I, I just think it's going to be a good football game. I don't think it's, you know, if Cowboy fans are, uh, it's just the Detroit Lions, um, you, you may have your hearts broken again. Don't be thinking that just because you're at home, this is going to be an easy football game. It's not. This is not your father's Detroit Lions. That's what they've been telling us. Exactly right. That's what they've been telling us. Let's give away some Alamo Bowl tickets. Let's we'll do, do that. It. Not now. Oh. But before 4 o'clock, we'll okay. do that. All right. We'll explain more coming up here uh-huh. on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jay Semenix. Howdy. End of the third quarter at the Military Bowl. Virginia Tech leading Tulane 27-17. They played that one up at Annapolis. Home and Navy. The weather is awful for that one. Pouring rain. It's got to be cold. Yeah. West Virginia, North Carolina get going (coughs) in about an hour in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Later on tonight, the Texas Bowl. A&M against Oklahoma State, a game you can listen to here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. And you think about... uh, uh, the the poor weather for that Tulane uh, Virginia Tech game. Uh, we're going to have great weather tomorrow for the Valero <laughs> Alamo Bowl. Uh, high is sixty four tomorrow. Sunny day sixty eight right now. One of the great things about the Valero Alamo Bowl, the weather is generally fantastic, and a kickoff, it's not going to matter because they play inside. But we got to talk about some things that are going to be happening outside the game tomorrow. Uh, joining us now on the Buyers Barricades guest line, uh, our friend David Evitz, an assistant VP. Uh, um, at USA's Educational Foundation. David, he went to West Point. He, he's an Army type. Uh, are you guys going to be all right? We're fine. You're fine? We're, we're, we're fine. Minix is a Navy guy, and so I, I just hope you guys will be uh, Dave, all right. David, you're a, a Madison grad too, right? I am, yep. Yep, yep. product of Madison High School. Yeah, there you go. Then I just so to- happen to have my Army-Navy uh, half-zip on. See, I prepared. Oh, I love it. I prepared. It. You had no idea, did you? I did. It just I happened to be that way. No, I, it, I knew. It, it's in the rotation. <laughs> Good quality stuff. Uh, USA, a big part of the Valero Alamo Bowl, is the official military appreciation partner of the Valero Alamo Bowl. And, and I'm glad the weather's going to be fantastic tomorrow uh, because starting at noon with the uh, tailgating, you guys have one of what sounds like one of the coolest tailgating activities I've ever heard of. Yeah, I mean, it is, It is. you know, you're in Military City, USA, and then as the official military appreciation sponsor of the game, we're bringing a flight simulator to the fan zone there before the game. So get there early, get in line. I mean, when would you ever get a chance to sit into a cockpit of an F-A-18 Hornet and be able to fly it like a simulator? Um, any other any other place in Military City, USA, brought to you by USA. So it's it's, it's going to be a, a really, really cool thing for the family to get on out there and check it out. Uh, now, David, do you get like a, a, a quick class on how to do this, or you just get in there Idiot. and everything's Sorry, already, David. already set up for you? Because I this is a, this sounds like a really cool thing to do, but I want to know what the heck I'm doing. Yeah, we got people there to walk you all through it. It's, it is a really, really first-class experience. It's pretty cool. So uh, is... Um... Top Gun theme song playing inside. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you, I mean you, you can you can uh, tune it in your head there, Jason. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the it, cool it, thing it, is, we're giving away uh, a bunch of cowboy hats branded um, with both the team's colors, so you can wear a cowboy hat um, like you're in the cockpit with it, like one of those foam cowboy hat kind of things. Yeah, right? yeah. Wow. You know, as a, as a Longhorn, I'm not sure uh, which hat I don't want more. 
I love it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's there's some there, there there's a lot of truth to that. You know, my kid goes to Arizona State. I'm a Longhorn fan, um, so I'm not rooting for Oklahoma in this game. And my kid said I can't root for Arizona. I just hope that I see a good football game. And sounds like I'm going to be in line a lot uh, doing a flight simulator because of all. I, I mean, if you've ever had an opportunity to do a legit flight simulator, it is one of the coolest things you can do. Now. We've got to experience many times all the different activations at the Army-Navy game presented by USAA. And this year, Joe actually climbed up on a, on, a, on, a, on a boat and was firing guns. And then we were in a Humvee that had guns attached to it, yeah. too. And Joe was like a five-year-old again. And that's what we're all going to turn into tomorrow on the flight simulator, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you, it is first class. It is a really, really cool time. If you ever just wanted, dreamed of being Maverick, jump into that simulator and you'll get the experience. It's pretty cool. And, Dave, you guys are going to honor all the veterans that are in attendance tomorrow as well during the game. Yeah. So we've done a couple things. So this year um, we gave away a $7,500 uh, scholarship to a military spouse, um, Maria Garcia, who uh, she's the wife of uh, Air Force veteran Jupiter Garcia. And uh, Maria is in school to become a special education teacher, and she's almost there. And so we gave her a scholarship uh, to help her with her studies. And then we also gave tickets away to um, several military support organizations and wounded warriors here in San Antonio uh, to attend the game for free. Um, so, so that'll be really, really cool. And for all the listeners out there, if you come out to the game and you see a veteran walking around, just take a second and say thanks for your service. I think it goes a long way uh, to, to recognizing those who served. And then, you know, we're also proud to, to do several different activations throughout the game. Uh, we're military moments, stand to be recognized, those kind of things. So, um, you know, all throughout the game, you get to have a little bit of flavor of Military City USA in there. And it just makes so much sense. And one of the cool things is we've gotten to know uh, everybody over at USA through the years and talking now with David Evitt, uh the USA Educational Foundation is is a is an arm of USAA and you guys do all kinds of cool things that um that, that just kind of makes you proud that you guys are based here in San Antonio with all the different things that you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, life in the military can be hectic and uh it can um be challenging and sometimes your personal finances go by the wayside just because of that that hectic life. And so what we try to do is make it real easy for you to kind of take command of your personal finances and just understand some of the basics, like what is a budget, you know, how to manage your debt, how to manage, you know, the cash flow in and out every month. Um, and, and we try to make it really easy and we tailor it uh, to the life of the military. So, um, and, and it's free to anyone, not just USA members. It's free to anyone um, that could use the, the help. And we're happy to try to make it simple and easy to understand for you. Absolutely. And, awesome. and, and you think about everything that you guys are doing again, the F-18, um, that's cool. So on the simulator, I'm, I'm just curious, are you actually uh, on the simulator taking off from an aircraft carrier? I, yes, I believe so. Yeah. But you know what? You got to show up to find out. <laughs> that's a hell of a seat. I love that. That's show awesome. To find, well, cause I can tell you having, having flown, when you take off from an aircraft carrier, the, you drop and, and then you go up and as you drop, 
everything comes up, if you know what I mean. It's one of the scariest yet coolest feelings in the world, and I'm just curious on the simulator if they actually have that kind of sensation. It's a simulator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course it will. Just want to warn people. You know, maybe you get in the simulator line see, before you've been in the beer line too many times. Don't tell people that. Let them experience it, just well, like you did. You probably didn't know it was going to drop. Not like that. See? Not like that. I remember the pilot, because I was a PAO photographer. I was going up to take some photos and stuff, and I just remember he said, right before we're about to go, it is in in your ears. He's like, hey, if you throw up, just throw up in your glove, not all over the cockpit. I'm like, oh, great. I'm, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, didn't last long. Uh, David, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, we'll see you down there tomorrow at the in the simulator line. Yeah, love it. I love it. Look, I'll be looking for you guys. Appreciate it. David Evitz with the USA Educational Foundation. And we've got a pair of tickets to give away All right. right now to the Valero Alamo Bowl tomorrow night, Oklahoma against Arizona. You get two tickets and maybe more importantly, a parking pass. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's That's a valuable piece of paper. In honor of Roger Staubach. Okay, I can go for that. Caller number 12 right now. Perfect. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Caller number 12. Those tickets will be yours, again, from our friends at USAA. Always appreciate the fine folks at USAA, and that's going to be a lot of fun uh, tomorrow. That flight simulator. And it opens at noon. Dude, I'm... I'd love to go into that thing. We'll, we'll make it happen. Okay, good. We'll make it happen. Good, good. I mean, you'll be on a different flight tomorrow before it opens. <laughs> I see where you're going now. I, I just, uh, you know, there's got to be one. There's got to be one hanging around at USA, doesn't there? You think they just have a flight simulator think, just well, hanging around? Th- you've been in USAA. They've got everything else. I, I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> I wonder if they do have a regular flight simulator over there. I don't there. know. We're going to have to find out. I mean, because they if you get a chance, and I'm guessing this is like one of those really cool ones. They, they have one down at the Blue Angels Museum in, in Florida. Ah, nice. That's, that's uh, pretty damn incredible. Now, see, I'd like to go to a place like that. That'd be fun. It's, uh, um, it's just one of the coolest things. And I think about some of the stuff I did while I was in the military. And, and that one was still one of the highlights, taking off from an aircraft carrier and I had a pilot that was messing with me plenty because honestly, there were times I didn't know if I was upside down or uh-huh. or not because you get to a certain um, altitude and everything's blue. Well, the ocean's blue. Yeah, the sky's blue. <laughs> you have no idea. And then when you're coming in the land, they're like, "Oh, there, there's the runway." And you look down, and it's like standing on the counter, and you got a paper clip on the floor, and you're going to land on that thing. Very cool. It's, uh, yeah, you know, we take for granted how talented and how good those pilots are. I mean, they really are, and that that's incredible that they can land on something like that. Well, and, uh, a they're landing on a moving target. Yeah, right. Yeah. For one, and you stop in a hurry. You do. You really do. And and it's not just the jets; the other aircraft. Uh, that take off from an aircraft carrier or, or like that. Because most of my flying was in a CH-46 helicopter. So those aren't quite as, um, I want to say quite as fun, but it's not <laughs> the same as being in a jet. Very cool. That's going to be cool. Anybody going to the Alamo Bowl tomorrow, 
Stop by and see the good folks of USA. Uh, and look, there's so many different things going on down there with the different activations. And, and sometimes you, you know, you go to a game and, and tailgating and some lines you go, is this worth standing in line uh-huh. for? I can promise you, USA does nothing unless it's done first class. It will be. And a flight simulator, that's pretty freaking awesome. That really is awesome. That really, shooting that Gatling gun was pretty fun, too. That was. It was a blast. There were so many different things. I don't uh, want to uh, run into that boat anywhere that they're against me. If if you see that coming, I mean. I'm running. Well, you're not going to go very far. Well, I, you yeah. see, you see those guys pull up. Man, those were special forces. Boats. I would tell you, they I were. Mean, those aren't normal. Thing. You're not going right? to see them coming. You're not going to see them coming, <laughs> and if you do, it's over for you anyway. Exactly. Right. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. All, it was incredible. All I can tell you, and I know so many people tell us after we come back from the Army and Navy, man, I got to go one year. Yeah. It's, it's on my bucket list. The game, everything is worth it, and go. But when you walk around the parking lot. And you see all the different things on display. A, you wonder what's defending your country because it's all on display in the parking lot. Uh-huh. But then you see all the cool stuff Man. that our 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 soldiers, our military has, and the and the and the kids that are in charge of that. It, it's pretty damn impressive. They're pretty damn smart. I mean, those. The, yeah, I was like, whoa. I was impressed. I mean, you had trouble getting in and out of. No, I did, had no Actually, trouble Rudy getting had, in and Ru- out of. Rudy had trouble getting in and out of yeah, the, the let, Jeep. Let's, let's make sure we get that right. I, I mean, had you no problem. You weren't really sure. Well, remember we were trying to open the doors, and I just told you to move the gun, and well, you were like, it moves? Well, I didn't know uh, yeah, it moved. Well, well, <laughs> I mean. Well, Rudy went up through the roof. Uh, yes. Like, they have sunroof yes. permanently yes. up there to get up to the gun what on was, the roof. Uh, the A-team. We, we, we had an A-team type scene. I tell you what, it was pretty cool. It really was, and it, it, it should be a bucket list thing. Get out there and do that because you'll be proud to be an American, that's for sure, when you go out there. It just gives you the patriotic chills. It does. <laughs> we got our winner pledge? All right. That didn't take long. Virginia Tech's handling Tulane pretty well. Yeah, it's now 34 to 20 in a driving rainstorm. That's miserable. And they're in the fourth quarter. 12 minutes to play. I think if I was a player, I just want to put my raincoat on and sit on the bench and and hope the clock continues to run. You know, think about it. This is a game that UTSA could have been in. Yeah. You know, it was this one or the Fenway Bowl. Well, they're probably happy right now. (laughs) They're not playing in this one. Well, I, I mean, and again, Tulane. Interim coach. How excited were they? I'm sure, I'm sure the players were excited, but I mean, you know, you look at so many of these bowl games, and you, a lot of times you either have two teams that don't want to be there, or one team doesn't. One team plays well. Um, I think tomorrow night in the Alamo Bowl, you're going to have two teams that want to be there. Um, you know, you look at Oklahoma, their expectations this year. I don't think they're disappointed coming to the Valero Alamo Bowl. I know University of Arizona is thrilled to get to a bowl because sometimes while the game ends up being pretty good or the matchup is good, the team that ends up here is is somewhat disappointed because they were hoping to play either on New Year's Day or in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. you know, like Texas a couple of years ago. Um, Really, Texas and Washington or when Oregon was here. I mean, 
there are times where the Alamo Bowl is at that part of the ladder where sometimes it is a bit of a disappointment. I don't think we have that uh, for, for this game tomorrow night. Last night, we had a hell of a bowl game with two teams that wanted to be, they there, wanted to be there in Texas State and Rice. And I'm just super proud of the Bobcat fans that went up to Dallas, supported their Bobcats in their first ever bowl game, and they did Texas State's brand right. They drank all the beer in the stadium in the first half on their side, and uh, in about five minutes of the third quarter, they went and they drank all the Rice Kids beer, too. I'm just so thrilled. Well, do Rice Kids actually drink beer? I mean, I mean, they may not. I don't know yeah, what those, the wine and cheese selection champagne. is like, but but honestly, it's SMU wine. Stadium, so right. I'm sure you could get a nice bottle and charcuterie board there. We'll have to ask Indy if he had any beer or trouble getting one. Indy? Indy Kalu was there. Indy My, ain't paying those prices. Yeah, well, here's the thing. We're talking about Indy Kalu. I'm sure he was in some swanky suite. You know he was. Invited by somebody that flipped the bill for him to go. Just saying. <laughs> I, I, I mean. Well, he left disappointed. He went to Rice. He's yeah, used to it. He's used to losing, yes. <laughs> yes, that is correct. He's used to losing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Although I will say this. Those Rice helmets last night were pretty awesome. No, they were great. I, I like that look. Well, no, that the, was that was dude, a that was a good look for Rice. You can't the Texas State uniforms are just clean. Yeah, just that was a boom. good. I mean, yeah. both teams. That was a strong uniform game, and and GJ Kinney, uh, some of those designs that he has for Texas State, we we've seen at UIW. Sure, that, I mean from yeah. Incarnate Word, mm-hmm. but that old Texas with the with the uh, Bobcat logo down in San Marcos. Yeah, that and, and the take Texas back. That, that's good looking gear. Absolutely. And they uh they did Texas State proud. Texas, the Longhorns, they have arrived in New Orleans. Bob Ballou from KI Television has already been in New Orleans. Uh-oh. I just, just saw he posted some video from the airport at Texas's uh, ar- arrival. So I don't think he's had a hurricane yet. <laughs> you don't know Bob, but he's got 20 minutes before he's on. So uh He'll do a solid. Bob Ballou at 415 talking Longhorns in at the playoffs here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Guess what day it is. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnix. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo. 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Here we go. <laughs> I got to warm up the pipes. Hump day. Hump day. The pipes are warm, baby. Well, you went a little long on that one. That was a good one, wasn't it? Uh, that was too much of a thrust. Just wanted to. Hump day. <laughs> She never said that. (laughs) 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 That'll open you up. (laughs) Woo! Where'd that come from? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What day is it? Hump day! Hump Uh, day! (laughs) You out of breath. Best day of the week. Hump day! (laughs) (laughs) That's like... Yeah, you got a nice Ferrari going down the street, and then you got Rudy J. Hump day. 
So you're saying Rudy's not a Ferrari and uh, you are? Uh, well, is that, is that literally what exactly I just heard? exactly what I just said. <laughs> yes. Well, so what is uh, Rudy J? Uh, that's like an old Ford pickup. Well, what you're saying is he's old, reliable, and you're going to be broke down half the time, and you can't take it outside if it's raining. So what do you you have against Ferraris? Uh, um, the fact that I can't have well, one, but exactly. I can't get an old Ford truck? Neither can yeah, I, sick. but I mean, I mean that old Ford fun. truck's going to start most of the time. <laughs> oh, day. <laughs> of course, I don't know. There's so many jokes uh, about Fords. Found on roadside dead. Fixed bleeped, or repaired daily. Bleeped over rebuilt Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> I love chocolate so, balls in my mouth. That has nothing to do with this conversation, James. Not I a, bet it's appropriate <laughs> at any time. <laughs> no, well, it sounded like he might have had a couple of those balls in his mouth when he did the hump day. Hump day. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> Pledge needs a clean recording. <laughs> Do that again. I'm not falling for that banana the tailpipe. In the what? Oh, <laughs> oh, Rudy, I love you. What day is it? Hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. <laughs> Dude, you're losing it. What are you talking about? Oh, that didn't dang. sound at all like the guy. Dude, it is perfect. No, that last me? one was not perfect. Yeah, it really was. That was a swing and a miss, man. You, you swung a one that was down in the dirt. Dude, it was perfect. Pump day. <laughs> now, there you go. <laughs> what was that supposed to be? I don't know why re- that reminds me of a... Here we a go. <laughs> <laughs> That reminds you of what? Uh, just an old, just kind of making it down the street. He's Play a, it again. Like it again. all of a sudden, he's a dune buggy? Play it again. <laughs> oh, Toe Reinegel is so easily oh, entertaining. You know, I, I am my best entertainment. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> I mean, I know you've got siblings, but you've got only child syndrome, and you can entertain yourself. Well, and I've been doing it all my life. So Entertaining yourself? Uh, yes, I have been. Yes. It's a wonderful thing. You have to depend on anybody that way. Yeah. When you are your biggest fan, and it's <laughs> everything's great. You write yourself fan mail? <laughs> no. No. Don't have to. Encouraging uh, notes that you leave on your mirror? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a great hump day. I'm going to tell you what. It is a fabulous hump day. Last hump day of the year. Yes, that too. <laughs> Last show of the year for us. Yes, that too. Rob and Rooney. They've got to work tomorrow morning. Oh, that's too bad. Well, Except Rob isn't coming in. Yeah, Rob's... <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad for this too bad they don't play bowl games at 6 a.m <laughs> don't pick a scab man i'm just saying it's boys, a, it's a shame boys were mad that we got preempted a couple days and they don't well and, yeah, and, then, and then of course when we go to vegas they're gonna have to go to work at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> 
because their show out there will be four to eight. Wow. They'll be done with their show before you and I get back from the bar. Well, exactly. I mean, before we wake up anyway. Yes. Eight o'clock, they're done. <laughs> I know. Wow. Just hope they bring breakfast to the house before they pick us up so we can go to work. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Who's uh, going to be there, though? That's the question. Well, I, I mean, right now I'd say San Francisco and Baltimore. Yeah, but that's too easy. That's too easy. So, Cowboys. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's See. not happening. I tell you what I actually <laughs> think, and you don't know. Ah, if I'd have said Cowboys, ah, right? No, I, I I'm mean, just saying that San Francisco, Baltimore is too easy. The like colors this. of the logo look like it could be San Francisco, Baltimore. In the last couple of years, colors of the logo of the Super Bowl logo this year. And, and, and look, I mean, it, it's an odd thing, but the last couple of years, it's kind of worked out that way. Uh, it's scripted. Well, I mean, there you go. So they, they yeah, but, put that together. But honestly, if it were scripted, the Cowboys would be there every year. Do you see the ratings for the last Cowboy game? Hey. I, I mean, the ratings for any Cowboy game? Did you see the ratings for all of the games on Christmas Day? Yeah. They were incredible. Yeah. I mean, close to 30 million people watching. And about two and a half watched the NBA. Uh, well, is that what it was? Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, well. Uh, Steve Kerr didn't watch. He hated it. Uh, well, it was he was disgusting. He, he was paid to watch, but, <laughs> well, you know, he wouldn't have. You know, it, it, it does bring up a question, and I think it was Mike Florio that suggested this, although I could be wrong on that. Um, with the success of the NFL on Christmas Day, will they start making it a tradition? Will they snatch Christmas Day away from the NBA? which means there might be a random Tuesday NFL game and how that would screw with teams or Wednesday games for that yeah, matter. Yeah. But with the addition of that 17th game, they could work schedules where a team could play and instead of playing on Sunday, play on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And then, you know, kind of like they do with Thursday games. And you can't go Sunday to Tuesday, obviously, but you can go Tuesday to uh, the following Sunday, but there's there's a little bit more flexibility in the scheduling around Christmas that wasn't there in the past uh, because the regular season would be ending this week and you've got the playoffs. With that extra week and going into January, that's now in play. The NFL is going to take Christmas Day away <laughs> from the NBA. But they could if they wanted to. It's like that you know, big bully. Just go take your, your lunch money. They could absolutely do that and, and just – Eh, the NBA could do nothing, and they had to be miserable this year. I mean, and you, if you're Adam Silver, it, the way that Christmas Day fell, and you got all these football games on, he had to be miserable. Yeah, he really did, and he knew it was coming. He knew it was, and coming. there was nothing he could do about not it. not a damn thing he could do about it. The NFL is king, and it's not even close. And then right behind that, this time of year, the college football playoffs. Yeah. Um, Texas Longhorns, they've made their way to the Big Easy. Bob Ballou, he's already there, and he will join us next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Are, are we back now? Breathe happy, everybody. Whoa, 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 that was a Febreze commercial? That's what that was? Wow. I yes. Sometimes it messes with us, too. I thought Pledge was like, uh, you know, in one of those soft moods. Well, I mean, it happens every now and then. See, in the in the broadcast world, there are some producers, directors that will tell the, 
the guys doing the show. All right, you're back in 10. All right, yeah, and you're on, right? And, yeah. And Pledge just plays music, and That's I know it. it's time to go. Sure. Well, I heard that, and I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm just, but I, he wasn't looking at me like, dude, go. You're on, right? I, I wasn't getting the look. He wasn't even paying attention, which, again. Um, well, you're used to that, too, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Right? <laughs> so, keep your mics down. You know, and, uh, I have no idea. None. No, it was great music. Nice and but mellow. That, that was actually a commercial for Febreze? Mm-hmm. And you know that how? Because I heard, breathe happy Febreze. La, 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 la. <laughs> so maybe on your side of the, the, the glass window you saw where it was a Febreze commercial running. Well, I just want to make like. sure Febreze gets their money's worth because I had no idea what that was. Well, they're getting it and then some. A little bonus coverage for there Febreze. You go. Well, apparently Febreze is owned by Pfizer because PGFG, so. Huh. Really? So they Pfizer COVID shots and Febreze. I think <laughs> Pfizer's kind of known for something else, too. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Well, there you go. Joe. Last a little longer. <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't know. I didn't know that. You're such an idiot. <laughs> You're so full of it, too. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about products on air. Have you ever heard of the company Stanley? Like the the tool company? No. Apparently it's it's cups. Thermoses. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. I'm just seeing this on Twitter right now. Uh-huh. Stanley is a 110-year-old company that went from doing about 70 million in sales in 2019 to 750 million in sales this year because of one water bottle. Well, they've got those, yeah, the, you get them in like Academy or Dick's yeah. or whatever. And uh, I don't have one. I mean, Maggie does. It's it's like uh, like kind of like a Yeti cup, but it's more of a coffee cup. It's got a deal. handle on it's it. It's got a handle and yeah. a straw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I don't really care for the straws, I'll be honest with you. And their classic legendary bottle looks like an old thermos, like if, when you were camping. And the fact that they sold 70 million of those. So I, I didn't know Stanley was a name brand on these things. Until I saw some lady was in a in a car accident and her car caught on fire and everything in that car burned except for her cup. And then she opened up her cup and ice was still in there. Yeah. And and I saw on social media the guy that runs Stanley, their CEO, bought that woman a car. Whoa. Yeah. He said first and only time we'll ever do this. But well, you I know, know what? He, he would have had a, a a whole bunch of people be burning their cars. Load, yeah. No. Yeah. So, but, but that's how I I didn't know Stanley was a company. You know, it's kind of like these uh, uh, Yeti coolers, and then the other coolers, uh, Arctic and, uh, I don't know, the ones they sell at HEB, what's that, Cody or something like that? Yeah, something right? like that. And, uh, you know, which is the best one, right? I mean, Yeti's got a cult following. Right? I don't think it matters. They're all made of the same stuff now, aren't they? Well, I think it does matter. It doesn't. Well, maybe it does. No. Like, I don't have a, a, a Yeti Yeti. Well, I don't have a Yeti Yeti either, but I got a great yeah. flight by Yingling cooler that is designed with the same stuff as a Yeti. And it works the same. It works fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, and in that case, you know, it was the perfect price for you, but they're not quite as expensive as Yeti. But with Yeti, you buy a Yeti and you get a sticker. And, and then and then if you have a truck, you put the sticker on the truck. No, I don't do that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it's part of being in the cult. I, I, look. I don't need my beer to be cold overnight because yes, it's do. probably not going to last that long. <laughs> that's, that's more about you. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, it, it, look, that's impressive. I get it, all of that. But, I mean, 
Yeah, you don't put your beer in a cooler to leave it there. Well, I mean, we just had a party at the house the other day. We did. And I had a couple coolers in the backyard, and one of them has a, a broken handle. Uh-huh. So I'm ready to get rid of it. Okay. So I've been looking at the different coolers uh-huh. that have wheels and a handle, right? Okay. Because that's the other thing with some of those Yetis. They don't no all have wheels. wheels. Mine doesn't have wheels. And if they don't have wheels, no. It's heavy. No. Now, you know who does have wheels? Who has wheels? Bob Blue from KI Television does in Does he still Austin. have wheels? I thought they took those away from him. Well, I mean, it's because he's had too many uh, hurricanes down there in New Orleans. Uh, but it, but he's finally got up to the line, bought the hurricane. He has a hurricane in one hand, a phone in the other, and he's now on our Buyer's Barricades guest line. Bob Ballou, man. How, how, how's your Wednesday? What in the hell are y'all talking about? <laughs> Uh, Yeti wheels? Like, what am I? What conversation am I walking into here? Well, I, I mean, I need a new cooler for the backyard because somebody at my party the other night broke the handle on our cooler, so I'm getting a new cooler. And which kind do I want? Oh, and I want a okay. Yeti, but one of the bigger ones that has wheels on it because they sell some of those big ass coolers with no wheels. Well, you make too much money then because those things are about a bazillion dollars. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't want one of those. I've been looking at the knockoff Jeez. brands like the, the, the Arctic ones or the Cody ones at at the uh, at HEB. I'm not spending $600 on a cooler. That's unbelievable, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could keep my beer I, cold I, for a I year. Agree. It won't last that long. I agree with that. I like that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. I do listen. I do not have a, a hand grenade or a hurricane in my hand. Uh, I'm going to be live at six. So, Yo, your um, bosses are listening. They are no. I don't think they're listening. I just it's very it's a disappointment. Uh, we we drove here yesterday. Uh, didn't really even go out last night because we had a couple things we had to do. We went up, got up this morning, went to Arch Manning's High School, spent some time there. Uh, just got back from the airport. Texas landed safely. Talked to Sark and a couple players: Jordan Whittington, Jalen Ford. Now back at the hotel, about to slam for the six, and I do not have a hand grenade or, or a hand grenade or a hurricane in my hand. It's very disappointing. So what you're saying is, Bob, that you, you, you know I appreciate that because I know what slamming for the six it takes, but yet you still got on the phone with us. Well, I mean, slamming in my world and in your world, Joe. When, when by the time you got to to you know years into your career. You're like, I could really start the, the six plus show at like 5.15 and I'll be fine. Well, I mean, that's why guys like Bob Ballou and Vinny Vincetta, I mean, you know, that how, helped how, that a lot. How many minutes <laughs> is your six o'clock segment? Six o'clock, we get 2.15. 10 o'clock, we get three, but we'll get a little bit longer, obviously, this week. So when you say uh, slamming, how long does it take to show pictures from uh, a high school that it's has TV. all the Mannings retired numbers. It's not pictures. It's video. All right, it's video. It's video. And listen, Jason, you got to think about it this way. So you got to come back. You have to ingest all the video into a computer. You have to edit that video. You have to send it back to the station. You've got to write scripts that match your video. You've got to get everything in suit, like... All the graphics have to be like. There's a lot that goes into it. It's it, not just a uh, will there be, Joe's pretty face on the air. Will there <laughs> be? I mean, video. That's what it's look like. It always look like. Hey, it's just Joe's pretty face on the air doing great work in TV. It, it's because not. somebody you, you else did all the other in. things you just described. <laughs> Yo, know, in, in Joe's world, his name was Marcus Floyd. 
I'm not sure what <laughs> yeah, your photographer's well, name is, but he's the one. How did you say it? Ingesting the video into the computer? He's doing that right now, I promise you. The photographer? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to yeah. be video of a gate that swings open that says Manning Family Field, and then you're probably going to have yep. video of some trophies from the uh, Hall of Fame, uh, from the high yep. school yep. Hall of Fame. That two, you know, for, two for two. Yep. Yeah, yep. Cooper, Eli, and Peyton. There's only three. You know, Arch doesn't have that yet, but it, but it's coming. Yep. And then, uh, you know, every Manning wore number 18 there. So, I mean, you know, their jerseys is retired. Um, and then I, you're going to show you master plan. And, and then you're going to show video of an arrival of a plane on an airport. And um, and you're going to say they're here. I, I mean, it's yeah, done. You have nailed our six o'clock show. And I did that in less than two minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> I'm glad you Pretty tweet much. out everything, Bob. <laughs> did you did you? Hey, did you mention Texas is focused? No, uh, you gotta mention Texas is focused. Well, I figured that. I figured you were going to save that for the stand-up part. Yeah, that's a. uh, It's a business trip, and and you're you're probably going to do your stand-up in Jackson Square. That's uh, probably Bourbon Street. If I was going to do it somewhere, good for you. See that? Good good for you. I gotta say Bourbon Street for later in the week. No, yeah, you you start off in Jackson Square. yeah, we did Canal Street last night. Was we uh, it, depending on how slammed we actually are will depend on where we go. But um, yeah, I mean, like you, like you just meant. I mean, it took you a while to get through all that. There's a lot that goes into it. Well, that's it, it's and a, and, and you got to do one night. There's at a French, lot that goes into it. Do one night in at Frenchman Street. Okay. French- yeah, let me suggest it. I, I need this stuff. Frenchman Street is far better than Bourbon Street. Bob, you know damn good and well. You can do this live shot from the same location every night and they, because it's easiest. And <laughs> The hotel the, lobby. Just turn the camera. If, if turn I, the camera to make it look that's different. That's ex- exactly right. <laughs> you know, just t- it's different directions. I get it. It's okay. Um, uh, and do you work in Texas is back? Uh, Texas is back. Yeah, we already we actually did that last night. Okay, it's good. Amazing, you said that. Uh, Sam I, Ellinger said that when we were here five years ago. And Joe Testor said it a dozen uh, years Joe ago. Testor said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when we were here five years ago, uh, Texas beat Georgia. Sam got on the mic and yelled, "Texas is back." But we feel like it's actually the truth now, which is kind of nice. It's kind of nice to think that Texas football is back where it believes it should be. Well, in the playoffs, that's certainly a, a first step, but Washington stands in the way. So you mentioned that yep. uh, everybody said, uh, Sark said Texas is focused. Um, what leads him to believe that? Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's pretty much what I asked him. I, you know, Joe, Joe and I have always kind of been on the same, same wavelength here. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll say this. Um, if this team was younger, I may doubt some of the things they have said. But there are so many guys that have been in this program for so long that have lost so much. I mean, Christian Jones was here as part of like the 2012 class. I think Jordan Whittington's been here eight, nine years now. You know, those guys, have, they've seen a lot. And there's so much good leadership on this team. Um, and Sark kind of brought that up. He was just kind of, you know, look, when you, go, when you come back to work, he was like, we had a, a great workman's mentality. And, and the guys, didn't, they kind of didn't want to stop practicing. Um, and, and that's what kind of Jay Witt was just talking about that. He was like, you know, if you don't love all the preparation and all the work that goes into this sport to make it great, like you don't really love the sport. Because the preparation part is the fun part. He's like, we have a lot of fun with each other every day in practice and in, in film sessions and outside of stuff. Like 
they're really, they're just a closely knit team. And we hear some of those cliches from some of those guys sometimes, and you're like, okay, I mean, how many times have we heard that we came back this offseason, we're really close, and we went to the movies together, we played ping pong together, or whatever it is. We've heard that for years. But you can tell there's a genuine sense of it with this team, especially for the guys that have been here for a long time and have lost, I mean, you know, five and seven or eight and five or whatever, go to the Alamo Bowl 50 years in a row. Like, these guys are excited and, and really, again, that, no knock, not, knock on the Alamo Bowl, by the way. Love yeah. Derek Fox. It didn't sound uh, like Hill. it. They did a tremendous <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know we love those guys. But, like, I mean, this is a chance to do something, number one, that Texas hasn't done, which is make the playoff. And number two, you know, try to go win a national championship, which hasn't been done in 18 years, and uh, whatever that math is, 54 once in the last 54 years. So, um, you know, they're they're in a they're in a really good spot getting here, and and like Sark even said, you know, they've got work to do while they're here. Like they're they're not coming here just to go enjoy New Orleans. They're going to enjoy it, but they've got a lot of work to do while they're here to make next Monday night fantastic. And, and the fact that they get the late game on Monday, it will follow the Rose Bowl. Uh, all eyes will be on this game. And Washington is no pushover. And, you know, my wife went to Washington State. I've got to follow some of this stuff just to talk to, to that side of the family. And and they're such a veteran team. Um, yep. And they've got great receivers. And Michael Penix is, is certainly talented. And Washington is good, really good in close games. Texas is a veteran team. They got a, an experienced quarterback, not the same level of experience that, that Penix has, but and, and talent all over. Where does Texas win the battles? Is it in the trenches down front to take Penix uh, off of his spot and throw off their timing? How does Texas's defense slow down that Washington offense? I think if there's one thing you point to, it's that, and that's probably the low-hanging fruit in a lot of ways just because you know the Washington offensive line was, was – named, I think it was the Joe Moore Award for Best Offensive Line in the Country, and then obviously Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy just create all kinds of problems for teams. So that matchup is obviously the biggest one, and the way you throw Michael Penix, who is a uh, very, he's timing-oriented. So he, I mean, his balls are, it's all about timing with their offense. You disrupt the timing by getting Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy to push off the offensive line and then get some pressure on Penix. Again, because, I mean, the Texas defense is like 94th or 95th in pass defense this year. So if there's one weak link, that's the one. And so you, you kind of look to that matchup. The matchup that I keep saying I think is going to be enormous is as much as we talk about what Penix and the receivers can do, Dylan Johnson has been great running the ball this year. And what's made that Washington offense go is obviously a little bit of a sense of balance. And I think Dylan Johnson is, is just huge in this game. Um, and if Texas can slow him down, obviously that changes some things. Um, Texas, their Texas run defense has been off the charts good. Uh, their third down defense and red zone defense has been the best in the country pretty much all year. So those matchups to me are critical. I also think we don't talk enough about what Steve Sarkeesian, give Steve Sarkeesian a month to come up with offensive creativity and what he's going to do offensively. Like uh, That's what I'm almost more excited than anything to see because the Washington defense is certainly susceptible. And uh, Sark's creativity is off the charts. Um, so I think it'll be really fun to see what the Texas offense can do, uh, given a month to prepare for a team that, that you kind of know what you're going to get. All right, Bob, I, I know the answer to this already. You know, you, you believe Texas is going to win this football game. What, uh, what, by what kind of spread do you think? Is it going to be a, a cakewalk for Texas on Monday? 
So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I said before the year I thought Texas was going to win the national championship. I'm certainly not going to back off that. But um, I, I said the I said the same thing that happened to Alabama I think is going to happen. I, I think Texas wins by double digits. That does not mean it's going to be a cakewalk. Uh, you know, they, they trailed Alabama 16-13 going into the fourth quarter, uh, and they still won by double digits. So I, I do I think – this is going to come down to the fourth quarter, but I just think in the end, Texas is going to do what it's done all year, be really dominant, um, and and because of how deep they are, have the rotations to be able to be really good in the fourth quarter again. And I, whatever the double-digit number is, I don't know, but I think they win by double digits. All right, by double digits, a very non-committal. Could be uh, 10. Double digit. Could well, be that, 30. Uh, du- 10 is double digits. <laughs> I could be 90. I, I mean, mean, who knows? You know, uh, well, and, and again, <laughs> It, you need it to be in double digits because I looked it up after I said it a minute ago. Washington over the last two years, ten and one in games decided by a touchdown or less. Oh, yeah, that's a good stat. Yeah, I like that one. Uh huh. They're also uh, not, okay. Well, let me give you a number. They, I'll give you a number. Okay. They're also we'll go. Uh, we'll go. 44-31. Wow. All right. That, I like that's that. still double digits. Washington, by the way, nine and overs teams in the top twenty-five. But I think I think I think Quinn Ewers has a big game um, because if there's a weak area on Washington's defense, it's their secondary. I mean, it's one thing to watch Bo Nix carve them up, but we also saw Cam Ward carve up that secondary. That's where Texas is right. going to play a, a big time, uh, uh, be the big difference in this game. I'm oh, with you. I mean, uh, I I, I, told, I couldn't agree more on that. Hey, Bob, go get that video ingested and cut, will you? Let's go. <laughs> Yeah. Y'all make sure you stream it on cbsaustin.com this, this afternoon here around six fifteen. We, we will uh, where I end up what's where that? I end up going and, and if I even make it to the six o'clock show. <laughs> well do you do you have great dinner plans for, for tonight or the, at least this week? No. Or, I mean are you no, going to Drago's or, are you going then we to, gotta do the ten. Do we got, you, no, we got all kinds of stuff. I mean you could you could do a live shop from uh uh Drago's, um, you know, watch them do the grilled oysters and go to Giacomo's. You could do a live shot out there. Well, that's an expensive Uber, you, right? I will tell you the the really good news is every Texas press conference this week for the next three days is at like nine thirty in the morning. Uh, so we'll good. be in, get just about everything we need, knock it all out, and then uh, be done around six thirty. So we we might have to go get some good dinners. Yeah, see, some people don't understand Bob how important that is. See, I okay. thought I, I thought agree. You, I thought you pissed off Sark. He's making you guys be at a press conference at nine thirty in the morning. That yeah. was not his decision. That's, That's awesome. Decision. That's perfect. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Is it? Oh, you wouldn't want it walk any back other in. way. You just you you walk right back in from your night out. You hop in the shower. You go to the press conferences. Take a little nap. I think Perfect. that's how that's supposed to work, if I'm not mistaken. He'll have it all ingested and cut by noon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you mean his photographer will? Well, he'll be taking will. a nap. You heard him will. say he was getting a nap. Hey, Bob's got to look pretty. All right, he's got to be pretty. I learned from the best. You <laughs> TV boys are ridiculous. <laughs> Man. Have fun, Bob. All right, boys. Uh, hopefully we'll do this again next week with uh, one more game to talk about. That'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, we'll do it either way next right. week on your drive okay. home from New that Orleans. Works. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have nothing else to drive. do. Yeah. You can give me a shot then. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll do that. Bob Ballou, enjoy New Orleans, man. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Good stuff. Bobaloo from KI Television in Austin on the Buyers Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com. Jane Slater from the NFL Network will join us at 5 o'clock. But coming up, 
got to get into the uh, end of the Russell Wilson error. Yes, in Denver. Error or era? Error. Error. That might go down as one of the worst <laughs> trades in history. Yes. Next on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryan Engle. I'm Jason Minix. couple of games left in the NFL regular season. You know, we're off tomorrow and Friday because we're preempted for bowl games. So, a uh, quick reminder now to go to sasportstar.com to get your picks made for the A Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. Weekly winners get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware over on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the year, grand prize winner gets $1,000 worth of tickets from A Awesome Tickets. And looking at the leaderboard right now, about 10 people in line. Um that could win that thousand dollars. Well, there's no luck. nobody's run away with anything. Well, good, one good week, somebody that's not even on the leaderboard now could jump up there. Somebody has a bad week, they could be screwed. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, Pledge having a huge lead like three weeks ago, and now it's minuscule. Yeah, it, it's kind of uh, like that in our little prime uh, picks that we do. Two weeks to go. Uh-huh. It, it'll be interesting. Yeah, you know, the Russell Wilson trade didn't make sense when it happened, right? Well, not the way that they did it. I mean, they gave up a ton and paid him a ton. All of it. Yes. Um, I mean, Pete Carroll, uh, I mean, it's it's looking more and more like a Jimmy Johnson-level fleece of the Minnesota Vikings. Just different numbers and people involved. Because that contract, uh, that five-year contract that Russell Wilson signed with Denver hasn't even kicked in yet, right? Now... They're benching him for the rest of the season, so because uh, he, he has injury guarantees of thirty-seven million dollars if he can't pass a physical by March. So they don't want him getting hurt in these last couple of games, right? Jordan Schultz from the Bleacher Report says um, in his article that the Broncos approached Russell Wilson two days after their October 29th win over Kansas City. And at that time, threatened to make him inactive for the rest of the season if he did not adjust his contract and defer the injury guarantee trigger date that he has for 2025, that $37 million. <coughs> Russell's not willing to adjust his contract. Now he's benched. They're going to look for trade partners. Hell, they might even just flat out release him and eat the money. Boy, I tell, well, I guess they could do that. But, I, you know, Russell Wilson and his agent, need to be talking to Broncos ownership because if that's actually true, look, the Broncos signed that contract just like he did. If Russell doesn't want to give up that guarantee, he doesn't have to do that. No, It's a contract. Yeah, but if he's not willing to work with them on the financial side of it, they can do exactly what they're doing now. Well, um, sure, they can bench him all they want to, but he's still got a paycheck coming in. Well, yeah, I know. It's it's like you're still going to cost 39 but we're saving a potential 37 by if, not getting hurt. Because if he gets hurt in the next couple of games, sure, then they, they would owe him that money. And you and I were kicking it around in the office earlier because it certainly feels like Sean Payton is ready to move on. And and that argument that they had the other day on, on the sideline. Now, there was no, it wasn't a two-way argument. That yeah. was all Sean Payton. You could just tell. That's not his guy. He's, he's ready to move on. Um, what an egomaniac that dude is. Financial implications be damned. 
we know you're not a fan of Sean Payton, but I, I, I mean, we started kicking around his contract at about forty million per. There will be teams that will line up to take that deal. Russell Wilson has not played bad this year. Sean Payton has gotten a lot out of Russell Wilson. Who's, <laughs> it's, it's all Sean Payton. Well, he's the head coach, uh, and okay. he's the quarterback guru. Uh, and, and last year, we all thought that Russell Wilson <laughs> was so dead ridiculous. in the water with his career, right? And, 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 uh, and there was reasons Pete Carroll moved on from him. He knew that the guy had lost it. Russell Wilson has proven this year he hasn't lost it. Uh, he's had a good year throwing the football. It's all because of Sean Payton. Well, I just want to be clear that it, it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. It's all Sean Payton. Russell Wilson was a dumpster fire last year so, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So it's all Sean Payton. Nobody is saying that. Everybody's except you. a dumpster fire with Nathaniel Hackett. Well, tell that to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right? But it's not all Sean Payton, but you have to give the man credit for what mm-hmm. he's done. And and in some ways, maybe resurrected Russell Wilson's career. Well, he can go somewhere else and fail for that team. Uh, but he's not going to fail for the Denver Broncos, right? He, he He's just not. But there are some teams out there that could use a good veteran quarterback, right? I could see him in Minnesota if they don't bring back Kirk Cousins after that Achilles injury. Uh, I would imagine Pittsburgh would be interested in a veteran quarterback. Who's a quarterback away or, or a quarterback in a couple of parts away? You look at some of these teams that, man, if they just had the right guy at quarterback, could they get it done? Well, who's to say that Russell Wilson is that? I mean, I, you're going to take a hell of a chance and pay a guy that kind of money. Um, I, 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 I don't know that Russell Wilson is that guy. Well, none of us do, but $40 million for a quarterback – is isn't that outrageous? I mean, look at what Daniel Jones is getting, right? Um, you, you look at at um, what's the word? Um, <laughs> sorry, I was getting hand signals for pledge, and I didn't know what they meant. You you look at some of these quarterbacks. Would you rather take a chance on Russell Wilson playing at the level he's played this year for Denver, or? Some guy that you're just not sure of, but his contract's up, and we're either going to move on from him or we're going to pay the guy, which is what the Giants had to do last year with Daniel Jones. I look at Atlanta. You know, they they keep going back and forth with their quarterbacks. Washington, you know, what would they do with a veteran quarterback? If Eric Bieniemy survives, what could he do with a guy like Russell Wilson? I, 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 why would you want to pay those guys? And Washington's not a quarterback away. They got a lot of work left to do. They traded away half their defense, certainly all their defensive players. So why would you do that? It makes no sense. Plus, they're going to have a new a new coach. He's going to have a lot to say about that. Ron Revere is not going to survive. He's going to be out. So I, I just don't think Russell Wilson is the answer. And if Denver's looking to trade this guy, uh, I I don't think there's going to be as many suitors as you think there is. If they uh, outright release him. Well, which is a possibility. That is a possibility, but that's going to cost them. They're going to eat a ton of money anyway. Well, they are. And part of me, and I know because it's Sean Payton, it's difficult to have a conversation because you're just, <laughs> or, or, you know, but, but part of me, I want to credit Sean Payton for convincing ownership. This isn't the guy. This is going to screw us financially. This was a bad trade, but we can't keep doing this. I, I, I like, and we all said it when he signed the contract. Nobody could believe he got the contract that he got, right? 
So, but, if, but, if, they're, but they've decided we're moving on from, or it appears they're uh-huh. going to move on from him by benching him for the rest of this year. And, and do what? Go with Jared Stidham? Or are they going to see if he's the guy? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's going to get to start the next well, couple of well, weeks. Maybe he is. Maybe, But if, if Sean Payton's a quarterback guru and he's done such a great job with Russell Wilson this year, why didn't he keep him? Why didn't he make him even better next year if he's the guru that everybody says he is? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, like I, I said, it's difficult to have a conversation about Tom I think Payton. That, that's if, a if legit Sean, question. If Sean Payton has decided to move on, maybe Sean took the job thinking he could work with Russell Wilson, right? Um and if he's decided he can't, I mean, Russell Wilson has played a lot better this year in Denver under Sean Payton than he did last year with Nathaniel Hackett. So but, <laughs> I think but, the entire Denver team is is better. And, and and let me let me shock you. Sean Payton's a hell of a lot better coach than Nathaniel Hackett, okay? Don't tell that to Aaron Rodgers. I, I hate to break that to you, but yes, he is. But when you look at it, if he's decided you're not we're we're not a good mix. Right, because mm-hmm. they had have had success, <clears throat> and he's not afraid to jump a veteran player's ass in public. Which I would think of all people, you would appreciate that he's not coddling Russell Wilson, even though he's making a gazillion dollars as a veteran guy. Well, it was Russell didn't do anything to be chewed out for? He's standing on the sideline, not doing anything. Sean Payton's pissed off at something else and sees Russell Wilson. Yeah. It happens. He's an egomaniac. And I, what I don't understand, honestly, and I know you love Sean Payton. Who? You. I don't. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he's a quarterback guru, apparently, and he had one quarterback who was pretty damn good in the first place. I just, uh, I, I Drew just Brees had a great career going until he met Sean Payton. The guy, the guy, <laughs> he is overrated as hell. He's making eighteen million dollars. Why didn't he take a pay cut? <laughs> well, I mean, what he, has he done? He, he doesn't count against the salary. Maybe cap. they should move on from him. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it would cost them a lot of money, and he might want to move on because that Charger job is pretty attractive. He sure as hell is with, with the quarterback that they have. No question. It's comical. But imagine <laughs> a guy like Sean Payton, and 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 think about your love for Sean Payton. <laughs> Would you just call him an egomaniac? He's an egomaniac, this guy, yes. Imagine if one of his players decided he was going to make himself captain. So, you know, I'm, I'm, by now everybody's probably heard this story about uh, Jair Alexander with the Green Bay Packers made himself a captain for their game against the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> now, he has since been suspended for one game for conduct detrimental to the team. Because he went out for the coin toss, and he actually almost screwed things up with his announcement. Now, I, I heard the story, and I thought, well, that's that's pretty bizarre. Uh-huh. Now I hear Jair after the game. This was before the suspension. This was after the game. He was making these comments when he was asked about crashing the coin toss. So were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three-game captains, and you were the fourth, and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know, so. So you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know, so they, they knew I was from here. Did you realize you almost made a big mistake on the call, though? What'd I do? Well, you said we want to go on defense. Yeah. Which, in theory, could they could have said, then you're electing to kick, to 
to uh, kick off, but you wouldn't have lost the opportunity then yeah. to receive in the second half. Yeah, no, I told them that uh, I said uh, I want I want our defense to be out there, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. They like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Did he, did he say that to you? Yeah, he did. The, the mic was on. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, he, he heard you. That, yeah. Oh, really? No, nah, he was just like, defer. I was like, yeah. Everybody was like, yeah. Everybody was laughing. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? Like, it's pretty obvious what I'm asking for. So did anyone say anything to you when you got back to the no. sideline? <laughs> Why would they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been suspended for a game. For conduct detrimental. He's from Charlotte, decided he was going to be a captain, apparently. And that makes sense. If you're playing in your hometown, coach would make you a captain. Why didn't they make him a captain? Yeah, well, coach didn't know, so I just did it for him. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> he did him a favor. Uh -huh. I mean, wouldn't you know that he's out there, though, if you're the coach? Well, he's... once he's out there, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, you're going to go yank him by the shirt collar yeah, perhaps. And, and pull him back? <laughs> Can you imagine if that official doesn't bail him out, the trouble that he's in? Holy and cow. He's just so nonchalant about it. Wow. You know, and, and he's wearing like ski sunglasses and his hoodie while giving the interview. <laughs> yeah, now he's suspended. Oh, my gosh. Cowboys, Lions, let's talk about it. Jane Slater from the NFL Network will join us next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Guess what day it is. Here we go. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we had a little double action yeah, going we there. Did. It is a great hump day. It is. Last one of the year. It is the Blitz on one at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jay Semenix. And on the Buyers Barricades guest line, Jane Slater from the NFL Network. So much going on with the Cowboys. A two-game losing streak. The Lions coming to town. They've released a player. They've elevated an offensive lineman. I, I, I'm curious, Jane, the idea of Matt Walesko, is he finally healthy or Chuma played so poorly they just need somebody else just in case Tyron Smith can't go Saturday? Well, listen, I mean, I know they're talking about depth there, but uh, I had somebody, not internally in the building, but a former player uh, that was looking at the tape and we were kind of talking about the pressure that Dak was getting against the Dolphins, and he said, I don't even know how Chuma Adoga has a job in the league. Oh. I mean, that was their, that was, their observation when just looking at the way that he played. And so, look, I think that they need depth, but, you know, Jerry Jones says it looks like Tyron Smith is trending in that direction. And the vibe I got at the start today was that there seemed to be some hope that he would play. You know, the back thing continues to be an issue. Maybe they get creative and they move Tyler Smith back over there, which would be kind of unfortunate we've seen him do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, four sacks on the day against them. And now you've got Aiden Hutchinson on the other side of that line, uh, for Detroit. It could get ugly for Dak. What well, really could not. I'm assuming that Zach Martin came out of that game in Miami. Okay. I know he was a little bit dinged up, questionable going in, but, but he's okay, right? No question with him. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a problem with him. Well, that's good news. Certainly. When you look at Walesco, Jane, 
I mean, he hasn't played. He's he's played three games in two years. That's got to be. I mean, doesn't exude a lot of confidence. Well, it should tell you everything you need to know, right? Because they've had all sorts of offensive line depth issues in recent years, and the fact that he's only played that many games tells you everything that you need to know. Um, you know, Austin Richards has done a really good job for them. Obviously, Tyler Smith has provided a lot of position flex, but this was an issue as we headed into the season. Remember, we said that there were some concerns about this offensive line, and that's why I thought it was, look, you're better with a Tyron Smith on the field that's 80% than not having him at all, but I did think it was curious that they were bringing him back, just knowing all of the injuries that Tyron Smith has had in recent years. I mean, I don't think we've had a season in the last couple of years where he hasn't had a neck stinger or a back issue, you know, ad nauseum. So, They've they've got some. They, I think they've got to make some tough decisions moving forward after this season. But you do hope that he can at least hold up and get you through these you know next couple of weeks in the postseason. You know, Jane, you think about Tyrant Smith when he's out there. He's still one of the best in the league. Not what he was, but still better than option B for sure. And and again, I've been saying for years. I think it's been since 2015 that he has started every game. He misses three or four games seemingly every year. I know the Detroit game is important. You don't want a three-game losing streak, but is you're in the playoffs. You're not going to finish worse than the fifth seed. Do you think the Cowboys staff is discussing, you know what, I don't care if we lose this one to Detroit. I'd rather have a fully functioning, rested, healthy Tyrant Smith in January than on December 30th. Agreed, but you also don't want to get your franchise quarterback killed out there either. Yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, especially when you're playing Detroit, you know, I think that's something that you've got to seriously consider. I mean, I think it's a very real possibility that you could obviously have him sit when they go on the road to face uh, the commanders the following week. But, you know, against this particular pass, or, oh, with that being said, I mean, Washington's still defense. Um, but I would be a lot more concerned about Hutchinson and the Detroit Lions and you know, Tony Pollard, I was talking to him about, you know, just that defense specifically today. I said, you know, Mike McCarthy said something curious this week. He said that, you know, we talk about the 49ers, we talk about the Eagles, but when he looks at the tape, he actually thinks Detroit's going to be their biggest challenge of the season. And when I asked Pollard why he thought that was, he kind of took like a slow breath and he goes, all of the, all of the coverages they have and I said like and he just started rattling them off he was like cover one cover two cover three cover four man shells and so it seems like when they looked to the tape it was a little little daunting to them as to what they can show and then you know my next question then was to Dak you know how do you combat that particularly with CeeDee Lamb who if you get CeeDee Lamb 10 receptions in a game they're four and one this season I think they almost have 10 more points on average in those games and CD didn't know that, but he only had six, remember, in the Miami game. And Dak's only thought was that he could motion for him, you know, misdirect essentially the defense and see if they can quickly adjust, which can be hard. I've heard other teams say sometimes when you go in motion, it's tough. But I think we're going to see a lot more motion uh, this week against that defense just to, you know, help them out. But, again, Dak's got to have a little time back there in order to do that. And if you don't have a healthy offensive line and you're not, and he's constantly under duress, it's going to be hard to execute that. Jane, was there anything to the C.D. Lamb? I know he was frustrated last week, got all the attention in the first quarter, and then uh, they didn't go back to him in the second and third. And he seemed a little frustrated with Mike McCarthy. Anything at all to that? Well, you know, it's a, it's a good point because, you know, as I was trying to cushion it with C.D. today, I said, you know, look, I know it's, it's easy to get emotional after these games. 
But after looking at the tape, do you, you know, do you still feel that way about being absent? And she, paraphrasing here, it, he, he still stood on it. You know, he stayed on his business still. And so, you know, his thing to this coaching staff, uh, and I even said, you know, have you and Dak talked about it? And it didn't seem like there was, it didn't seem like they were upset over that. And, you know, when I talked to Dak about it, he did say, you know, they rolled the coverage over to him double at times. They used the safety. You know, he was able to get to Brandon Cooks. But I said, did you see any missed opportunities? And he said, you know, maybe one or two. So, I don't know if there's a disconnect between these two or not. I mean, I know I don't think that there's any. I don't think it's locker room cancer type stuff, if that makes sense. But I do think that there is some frustration because this is now the second time we've heard this this season. Remember, it was end of September that he said, "If you give me the rock, I'm going to get it in the end zone." And he's had the season that he's had. I don't know why you're not taking those shots at him because we were we also brought the fact, you know, you took that shot with 3:27 to go to Brandon Cooks, and he was getting covered by Jalen Ramsey, you know? So, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it is, is my point. So I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. What this team has gotten better about than they have in recent years is kind of whispering outside of the locker room, which I think is good for the culture and, and good for moving forward. But I do sense a little frustration there of just like, man, like, why aren't you coming to me? Jane Slater from the NFL Network here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. And I think anytime you lose a game, you're frustrated, especially you lose a game that you felt like you could have won. Because that game, you know, kind of like the one in Philadelphia, and there are no moral victories. There are a couple of plays away. Um, you know, a screen pass where, you know, Dak had CD on one side and he went the other way. CD might have scored there based on where the coverage was coming in the Blitz. And, you know, the Tony Pollard play. You got your butt in the end wow. zone, but not not the ball. That's the one. Everybody wants to get mad at the fumble by Hunter. I'm more mad at the play before with, with Tony Pollard. Use your speed, die for the pylon. Or if you're going to try to run somebody over, don't go back end first. I mean, get the ball into the end zone. I did respect Tony Pollard for saying today, because he was asked, did you say anything to you know Hunter Lepke for you know, fumbling with the goal line? He said, no, I'm more mad at myself. I should have gone to the outside versus, you know, or gone, I think, what was it, inside versus the outside. He got stopped when he went to the outside, right? There were so many plays in that game. But he was just saying that he should have trusted himself and gotten himself in the end zone versus what he did on that play. So I appreciated his ownership on that one. Real Um, quick, Jane, when saying he didn't trust himself, because on that play – He didn't say he didn't trust himself. That was kind of what we were saying about his speed. But he was saying that he should have – he should have – taking a different route than what he did. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, uh, I don't need that to be clickbait. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because I, well, my thought was he didn't trust his speed to get to the corner, so he took the shortest distance possible, which meant running over a guy, and we know Tony Pollard isn't really known as a guy that's going to run through you to get, get to the end zone. And this goes back to the point that I harped on at the beginning of the season. Whether – you know, fans were frustrated with Zeke or not, a guy like Zeke would have barreled that one in there yep. because he just imposes his, you know, his physical strength. And if you could have just gotten Zeke back on, you know, a $1 million deal, how might he have helped you in some of these situations? It's a hill I'll continue to die on. I mean, I know people are like, move on. He's, you know, with the Patriots, whatever. But I just, I felt like there was a way and there was, if he would have been comfortable with, which I truly think he would have been, um, I don't think that Zeke was your every down back, but I think he really could have been those back in those third down situations for you. 
Jane, I've got to ask you about Micah Parsons. I, obviously, he's been chirping quite a bit about not getting any holding calls, and there was stuff all over social media this week. I, Mike McCarthy, I, I know he said it's not an issue. Jerry Jones said it's not an issue. But are you hearing anything or, or people rallying around Micah in this situation? And what do you think he's trying to accomplish with coming out publicly like that? Look, it's tricky, right, because you continue to call out the refs and get and, – and, myself, I'll be honest, as an NFL Network employee, I kind of feel like I can't really get in the weeds here too much. Um, but with Micah, it is interesting. And, you know, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What I love about Micah is that he is authentically himself and he's not afraid to say what he's thinking. But sometimes I wonder if him vocalizing some of these things helps or hurts the team. And I've kind of gotten just a little bit of a sense of exasperation from some people in the building about how do you manage that. And so while I appreciate that he's speaking out, and I, I, to be frank, I think there's a lot of players that are speaking out this year. I mean, there have been some egregious situations. I mean, what was it, CeeDee Lamb got the wedgie in the end zone and that wasn't holding? <laughs> yes, he yeah. did. Uh, and so, I mean, there's, I mean, there have been some egregious takes there, and, and I do think it's something that the NFL needs to look at. And whether we know about it publicly or not, I can only imagine that Jerry is, is having those conversations. But I would also say – as a team, you can't consistently be complaining about the refs. You should be putting yourselves in better situations to win where it shouldn't come down to some of those calls. You know, it's like chicken or egg, because I think you could make yep. the argument, that, well, we shouldn't fight that hard and have some of these games come down to calls. I get that, but then my other argument is you shouldn't have games come down to just those calls. Well, and again, you're the most penalized team, and then you're not drawing flags when you think yeah. you, you should be drawing flags, and, you know, exposure apparently isn't a penalty, because that could have been pass interference holding. Well, that that could have been a variety of things. <laughs> in, in any other workplace environment, you're going to the HR office. But what's so funny about this is, like, Sean Payton, one of the, one of the reasons he told me that New Orleans was frustrating to him was because it was a small market. He didn't always have... Uh, the flexibility to fight some of these penalties. He felt like he was always picked on, always penalized, whatever. And here you are, America's team, Jerry Jones, he's constantly chirping in Roger Goodell's ear. He certainly gets an earful of it. And now you got the Cowboys being the most penalized team in the league. So, you know, I, I don't think they necessarily pick on on these players. But, I mean, Micah does have a point. But to some extent, it's like, let your owner handle it. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, maybe I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see if he gets a holding call this week. I, mean, I think we're at thirty some odd quarters now that Micah Parsons is not drawn a flag, which seems incredible. Just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Not, not one. You know, just throw him a bone in the first quarter. <laughs> just right, to just stop. To, to end the streak. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, the Cowboys end the losing streak. Saturday night game. Make sure you follow Jane on Twitter at Slater NFL. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Good stuff. Jane Slater on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com. You know, this is our last show of the week, so instead of Friday doing prime picks, we're going to make our picks next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Thursday on r and in the morning, the last show of the year. We're talking Cowboys looking at the bowl games. Will the Spurs ever win again and figuring out when the next rib cook-off is? Now back to the Blitz. Jason, Joe, where's my trophy, Jason? And maybe next time we do tri-tips, Joe, maybe we'll get to taste all of yours next time. <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Yeah. 
He wants a trophy too. Hang a banner. What the hell? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, it's an in-season tournament. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. Hang it up. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jay Semenix. It's Wednesday. It's our Friday. Yes. Yeah, it's our, our last show of the year. It is. Hope everybody has a happy new year this weekend. We're preempted for bowl games um, over the next couple of days. I mean, we could be preempted today, and you could be listening to West Virginia and North Carolina and the Duke's Mayo Bowl, where apparently they're trying a new mayonnaise in the booth, which probably wasn't a good idea, a habanero garlic flavor, in which uh, Matt Berry said, my mayo hormones are raging. I'm sure. Not sure how smart it was to rip that habanero before calling a play because it damn near killed him. <laughs> I just saw that clip on Twitter. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. So uh, let's pick games. Something we normally do on a Friday, but it's a Wednesday. It's our Friday. What the hell? Let's do it. Prime Picks on the Blitz. Two weeks in a row, James Fledger's sizable lead has shrunk because he's come in dead last. Both Joe and I went 8-2 and two last week on our picks and, uh, ironically, picked different games that we lost. <laughs> uh, but we are both 160 on the year. Very respectable. Fledge went 6-4 and four last week. He is now 104-56 and 56 on the year. So we had two weeks to make up four games. Yeah. Wow. So, so I put all my picks in and Pledge just uh, copied me. Pretty oh, much, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, that's kinda, what I did. That's exactly what you did. Wow. You know, because kind of like our rib competition, there was no blind taste test. We just throw <laughs> it all out there <laughs> and go. And I picked first, and now Pledge is copying me. Um, I hope Joe picks very differently than me. Well, I feel I think, good about my week. I think I will. Let's start with tomorrow night's Valero Alamo Bowl, Arizona against Oklahoma. You know, it's it's hard because both of these guys have uh, freshman quarterback, but Arizona's quarterback's a little more experience. experience. Mm-hmm. Arizona so, wants to be here. I, I, I'm going with Arizona. Uh, well, I'm not going with Oklahoma. <laughs> Come on. Never pick an Oklahoma. Except when you do. Uh-huh. Um, although I will pick Oklahoma State tonight over Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl, a game you can listen to. Tonight here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I, I, I just don't even really know who all is actually going to show up for A&M. I don't either. Uh, you probably say the same thing about Oklahoma State. So I'm going to go with the Aggies just because uh, I want to be different than you two guys, and I think they got a shot. In the Rose Bowl. Oh, go play Sorry. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Yeah. At least Mike Gundy's coaching. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Elijah Robinson's coaching, and they love him. For yeah, Syracuse? they do, but he spent all afternoon on, on the phone with his uh, realtor in New York. That's all right. They yeah. love him. They love him. Uh, Rose Bowl, Michigan-Alabama in a playoff game. And I'm going with Bama. I think Bama right now is the best team in the country. I agree. Bama is playing about as good as anybody. I've been leaning Bama for, for weeks. Michigan's going to win this game. Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh are going to win this game. They, they, they are. Well, that will delay his departure to uh, the Chargers. I, I mean, he's going to sign that uh, no NFL clause in his contract. I doubt it. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Sugar Bowl, Texas against Washington. Man, I want to have some uh, stones here and go with Washington, but I just don't think Washington, um, I don't trust them. 
So I'm going with Texas. I'm going with Texas. But I tell you what. What if, a shot. If, if Washington wins this game, it's because the defensive line can't put any pressure on Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. That, that's the, the, the one area that I think has to happen is is Penix has to be off schedule. He is Their offense is all about timing. They've got some great receivers. I like the UT defensive line, and I think Quinn Ewers can pick apart that Washington secondary. This will be the best quarterback that Texas has faced this year. I don't think there's any question about it. Why do you hate Dylan Gabriel? <laughs> I don't hate him. He's just not as good as Michael Penix. And Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Well, Milrow was not Milrow when Texas played him. Literally, it's the same guy. Uh, no, <laughs> not really. I'm taking Texas, too. I think Texas and Bama are on track to meet again in the national championship. On to the NFL, the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. I've been on the Ravens bandwagon for weeks now. I'm not getting off. You know, I, I this is so stupid, but I'm going to do it just because I don't trust Baltimore. I think they got really up for that game against San Francisco, and they're just not going to have quite the same mojo. I'm going to take Miami in this ball game, which is a long shot on the road, but I'm taking Miami. I like Miami because it's at home for them, but I'm taking Baltimore just because because of Lamar is Jackson. in Baltimore, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. It is, is it? in Baltimore. Yeah, it's in Baltimore. Well, then I trust Miami even less if it's on the road. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but don't let facts get in the way of a good story. Exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll do- double check the uh, schedule. I do believe it is in Baltimore, and they've got a chance to clinch the one seed. They've got plenty to play for in uh, this one. Uh, the Cleveland Browns against the New York Jets. Oh, boy. Cleveland. Cleveland. Think about a team playing but as good as anybody. Anybody. It's Joe Cleveland. Flacco, man. Comeback yeah. player of the year he's being mentioned as. Yeah. Miami is uh, uh, at Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, noon on Sunday, December 31st. So it's going to be cold. Still want the fish? Yes, I do. Good. Uh, we're all taking Cleveland? All taking all right. Cleveland. We're uh, all taking Kansas City. Kansas City and Cincinnati? Uh, yeah. Kansas City can't be as bad as they played last week. Well, they, I mean, they're going to bounce back. If, if you listen to Travis Kelsey on his podcast, I mean, you know, there's a lot of accountability in in that locker room right now with the Chiefs. What do you think it is about the Raiders with the slow starts? I don't f- know. They're good defense. <laughs> just can't, just can't, can't catch a rhythm. Uh, and it's not just, it's not just the Raiders. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of teams that we've played, uh, just trying to catch a rhythm and catch stride. Uh, knowing that, uh, knowing that we got guys that we can win with, and um, it's uh, it's just a it's a frustrating <laughs> experience right now, and um, every single day we're going in here fixing it. I promise you guys, uh, and it's not just one guy. I, I'm it's not just me playing like dog. <laughs> it's not just uh, us not being able to get the run game going. It's not just us not being on the same page passing wise. It's, it's everybody's in this thing together everybody at some point um isn't being accountable and we all just got to bring it together man um and put it together and i think uh we we're taking a lot of learning learning shots Mm -hmm. uh and and unfortunately we've lost a lot of those games so here in years past we've won those games found a way to win at the end special teams same thing yep it's it's really just our defense that's keeping us in games um we were were really you know banking on the defense giving us one last drive but we played so trash as an offense that we put the defense in a really, really tough spot there at the end of the game. And it was a uh, one play can just, you know, 
seal it. And, uh, and that's what happened there in the fourth quarter. And it's just, it's frustrating when you know you got the guys and you got everybody that you need. Um, and just things just aren't going your way, man. Yeah, that, that was Travis Kelsey and, yeah. and his brother on on their on their podcast. I hope Micah was uh, listening to somebody holding himself yeah. responsible I, instead taking, of everybody else taking Kansas City in, in, in this one. Did you? Did the Swifties pointed out it looked like uh, Travis also had a hickey on his neck? But God the game. bless him. Yeah. Oh, you mad at him? Well, or are you I mean, jealous? I mean, you wonder why the guy doesn't seem to have the same energy on the football field. Woo, she's zapping him. Mm-hmm. He'll take your legs. Mm-hmm. Hey, she's. She got a lot of energy. Well, we know she's got stamina. That, that, that her her concerts are impressive. Yeah, you watch her show, man. She's uh Houston against Tennessee. She doesn't quit. CJ Stroud's playing <laughs> this week. I'm taking the Texans. I'm taking Tennessee, man. They want they want revenge against the Texans. Texans are pretenders. You can want one hand and bleep in the other and see which one fills up first. Give me CJ Stroud. Yeah. Right. Shocker. Pledge taking what, what Houston. Wasn't Tennessee that knocked out Stroud to begin with? No, it was no. the Jets. No, it was the Jets. No, it was okay. like Case, it was Case Keenum, Keenum to beat your Titans. Off. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, wearing the Oilers uniforms. Uh, <laughs> although Will Levis is likely back, too, so we'll get the rookie yeah. quarterback matchup. Uh, Dallas and Detroit, I'm taking the Cowboys. They're at home. It's Jimmy Johnson night. I want to take Detroit so bad here, but I just think Dallas will get it done at home, and, and they'll win this game. I'm taking Dallas. I'm going to take Detroit. That's the one thing that they do well that Dallas has had trouble with. I don't think they're going to have Jonathan Hankins to help shore up that run game. They're going to get to the second level on those linebackers, and they're going to open holes for Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery. That yeah. would not surprise me if they did that. Yeah, I'd be more surprised if Pledge actually picked Dallas. Uh, <laughs> but he brings up a good point about that Cowboys defense. We'll talk more about that. John Mashoda from The Athletic joins us next here on The Blitz. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, a San Antonio sports star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. It's a Wednesday that feels like a Friday for us because we're off the next couple of days. So don't make it feel like a Friday for you. We had to bring in our <laughs> oh, buddy right. John Mashota from The Athletic as he joins us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. And, John, I, I'm, I'm curious. For, for you, is this game a little bit different coming up Saturday night with the Detroit Lions coming to town? Well, it is from a perspective of I have uh, five or six friends coming in from Detroit for this game and then to hang out for New Year's Eve and that. So, yeah, it's It's a little bit different, and obviously because the team is, uh, oh, I'd say about as good as it's been at any point in the last uh, 30 years, then, yeah, no, it is, it is a little different for sure. Well, John, even you had to celebrate a little bit, right, with that division championship? I was, I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy for the city, uh, especially considering how – the Detroit Pistons are playing right now. And then just the fact that, I mean, it's been, I mean, 1993, that is such a long time uh, to go without winning a division in a, really for the last 20 years has been, I believe, the best league of parity. You feel like you should just have fallen into that. But uh, a lot of good years from Brett Favre, a lot of good years from Aaron Rodgers have, have stood it. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, my whole life, it just it always seems like they just come up short when when you start thinking something's about to happen, and and you think of them wasting the careers of of legends like Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. True, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, you think about way. wasted careers, right? <laughs> Let's talk Cowboys since the mid '90s, and and you know, it's interesting with Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor. Cowboys on a two game losing streak could be three. How do the Cowboys defensively? 
uh, I don't want to say stop the Detroit run game because that's impossible, but how do they slow them down? Well, they, the, the number one thing is you just can't see that defense that you saw uh, at San Francisco or at Buffalo, the one that's just uh, letting you know David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs break tackles. That would be That's a recipe for there. But you haven't really seen that from the Cowboys at home. You know, that you've seen that in some, maybe a little bit against Arizona and Arizona, and then San Francisco a couple of weeks ago in Buffalo. But outside of that, I'm pretty sure tackling, you know, a lot of, uh, and, 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 and really that brand, a physical brand, uh, knocking the ball out, things like that. That's what you saw against Miami. I think that's what you'll see against the Lions, and that's, that's a good start there. And obviously, if Jonathan Hankins, the guy who's from Detroit, was, would be able to play, um, that would be huge for them too because he's, he just significantly upgrades their run defense. And, and uh, there's a chance he could play. Uh, not a great chance, but there's still a chance he could play uh, on Sunday. That would be a huge help there. You know, John, when you look at the defense, and I thought they played well. I mean, I, you got to credit to a – uh, for that game-winning drive last week after Dak was spectacular on their go-ahead drive. So I'm not so worried about the defense. What does concern me, though, is that offensive line. There were times that Dak Prescott was running for his life, and uh, I mean he didn't have any time at all. It, it, that's got to be a concern going into this game Saturday as well. For sure. Um, I mean, there's a, a, a decent chance that you get Tyron Smith back, and so that would be a huge positive there. Another thing is that just this team has just been night and day in terms of its communications at home compared down the road, and they would fare a little bit better. Let's say if they were playing that Dolphins team or Buffalo or you know this Lions team this Saturday playing at stadium, I think that helps a lot in that area. Um, but yeah, I mean there's just a couple of plays there, you know, in the second half that with with Chuma uh, set them back. Those are those are some some huge plays. And you can't have that. Not against good teams, you'll lose those games playing like that. And huge plays in determining that that at Miami. So uh, I will say though that this is just this is just a different Cowboys team at home, and not just this year. I mean, you go back to last year too. I mean, they haven't lost at home season a year ago. Uh, this is the best team in the NFL at home. So it's hard for me to sit say, well, this happened at San Francisco and Arizona, or this happened at. Or Miami, I, I just this team just played too well at home for me to sit there and say. I'm telling you, right when that game ended, I I, I was I would have I was as confident as I am now that the, the Cowboys will win this. Interesting. You know, you you think about the offensive line, the health of Tyron Smith, and whether he's able to go Saturday or not. This is one of those where that extra day might have made a difference for Tyron. But they elevate Matt Walesco, and I know Stephen Jones told us in Oxnard on the Blitz that uh, they really like him, and if they could get him healthy, he could be the guy and compared him a little bit to Terrence Steele in his development, but we haven't seen it. He gets elevated today. Is that more just because Chuma Doga was so bad, or they really just need the extra depth, or is there more concern with uh, Tyron and maybe even Zach Martin on the offensive line? I think a part of it is, is with the Tyron Smith issue, uh, and the other thing is that Chuma, I believe it's a toe injury uh, that he suffered during in the game, and so he showed up on the injury report today. And so because of that, I think that it's a little extra insurance there that great depth on the offensive line. We've talked about that a bunch, um, but I think that that's that's a move to hey, what's the best depth piece we have right now? And they looked around and they're probably like it's probably well let's go. And so because of that, that's why they made. But I don't think that 
I maintain that for them to make a deep playoff run, which it looks like as of today will probably include gain most, if not all their games on the road, you're going to need that best five offensive line. And that means obviously Tyron Smith comes back. So I think if you get to a level where you're starting Chuma or Valetsko, you're probably in trouble. Which kind of leads to the point, maybe, John, that even if Tyron could play this week, maybe you don't play him. Uh, and I know you still have designs on winning the NFC East, but wouldn't it be more important to have this guy ready in, uh, in the playoffs than to, to start him against a Detroit Lions team this week? Yeah, no doubt, especially if it's a, the type of injury that could be made worse out there. So, I mean, Jerry said earlier in the week that they gave him an injection. I just assume that's a cortisone shot and uh, to try and help things out and, and maybe loosen up. I mean, seeing him walk around, I thought it was a good sign. He was moving pretty well, but then also just the fact he was in the locker room uh, because Tyron's a guy that a lot of times will, you know, he'll kind of avoid the, the times when, you know, locker room's open and media's in there. And so uh, he's probably pretty close to playing, but I'm sure that's duration as well. As if we, you know, 10, 20, 30% better, uh, for the start of the playoffs, why don't we just let him sit these next two weeks? That's got to be part of the equation. It does, although you still have to protect Dak Prescott and make sure he doesn't get hurt this late in the season. John Mashota from The Athletic here on the Blitz. On the defensive side, uh, another game where Micah Parsons doesn't uh, draw any flags, which seems incredible, especially with some of the photos and videos that are that are floating around. With Micah constantly talking about the lack of calls, is he actually maybe hurting himself in drawing said penalties from those referees? It's so funny that you asked that because about uh, 30 minutes ago, uh, myself, Todd Archer, a few others, Clarence Hill, we just had this exact same conversation in the media workroom. We're like, is this, is this helping? Do, do, <laughs> is this really going to start getting him calls? Like, this could be backfiring on him. Uh, I think you could go either way because there is a part of me that could see them calling one, let's say, early in this game uh, Saturday. And I and I would expect the building to erupt if that happens. Um, but then there's also part of me where these refs, I mean, I don't see, you know, their, their, their job obviously is to be impartial, but they're human beings like everybody else. I don't know how they're not seeing this stuff of where, you know, Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit feels like, like that's happening and Max Crosby and, T.J. Watt and, and Miles Garrett and these guys, all these elite edge rushers probably feel the same way. But Mike, Micah, between during games, uh, or I'm sorry, after games, during the week, and then also on his podcast, has clearly been the most vocal. And so there's a part of me that thinks human nature is just like where they're probably getting kind of annoyed with the, we get it, he's a special athlete, we're sick of hearing this. Um, but the, my biggest takeaway from this is that opposing teams off line coaches have to just be saying basically, hey, this guy Beach is just kind of grab him a little bit because they're not calling anything against him, man. It's been over two months, so I mean, he, you know, if it means you got to grab him a little bit, do it, and, and let's see if they'll throw the flag. They haven't this, they haven't for a long time, man. You go all the way back to October. Poor guy. Well, maybe if he's getting held, he should just fall down. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, like NBA coaches can, uh, you know, talk refs into making calls, right? Uh, th- does he need to flop? Because some of the holds aren't slowing him down, and maybe that's why he's not getting the calls. He has maintained this season and even in the past that he's a big NBA fan, and he has said, and he said it again today, he will not turn into a guy that flops. So to your point, I I, I would think that sense, but as of everything that when he's been asked about it, including today, he says he will not turn to the flopping because he hates how that ha- happens in the NBA. 
Well, Jerry says he can get there anyway, so it doesn't matter <laughs> whether he's being held or not. Yeah, I, I just I feel like Jerry doesn't want to. I think I don't know. I I sense a, a Jerry Jones over the last few years with these teams being a little bit more superstitious, being a little bit more cautious with things like that. Like I I, I a little bit less Jerry wanting to stir the pot with the refs. Uh, just like it's kind of like when you when you get him talking about injury, he's he's kind of dialed it back, and, and even Super Bowl talk, like he won't even say the word Super Bowl, you know, getting to where they want to go and things like that. So I've I've sensed with Jerry Jones during this time with the Micah Parsons ref issue that he's trying to be really cautious not to stir something up um but in a, in a way throughout he has also weaved in there that he believes that the refs need to call it a little bit differently for micah because of the fact of how gifted and how special of an edge rusher he is saturday night cowboys lions a special edition of monday night football jimmy johnson going into the ring of honor i know you're from detroit what's your gut feeling about what happens in this game john yeah, I mean, a lot of people will point to, yeah, you know, when, you know, they Emmett Smith got the rushing record. That team doesn't play well. They closed stadium. They didn't play well. When they opened AT&T Stadium, they didn't play well. Um, I just, I, knowing these two teams better than any other teams I know in, in any sport, really, uh, I just, it, this lines up so much for, for a Cowboys win. The way they've played at home, uh, Detroit coming off of winning division, I, there could be some, kind of like you know exhaling from them they finally got this monkey off their back they finally won the division they know they know they get a, a, to host a playoff game uh i could see them maybe taking their foot off the gas just a little bit and, and, and frankly I, I still think it's going to be a good game i obviously don't think it's going to be a blowout but uh, i would just be very surprised if 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 the cowboys lost this game i would say my biggest thing about when you look at the two schedule schedule the cowboys schedule if if the Cowboys had done what the Lions are doing right now, nobody would be sitting there talking about how it's this great story. But it is for Detroit because they're coming. Uh, this is their building right now. This is their first time getting into the playoffs in a, in a while. Whereas the Cowboys, this is their third straight season. You're expecting more out of them. And so um, I think it'll be a great game. But, yeah, I, my money would be on, on the Dallas Cowboys if I was betting. Make sure you follow John Mashota on Twitter, at John Mashota, J-O-N Mashota. Subscribe to The Athletic for the great coverage john hope you had a great christmas enjoy new year's with your buddies from the motor city will do guys thanks for having me on appreciate it john mashota from the athletic here on the blitz on the buyer's barricades guest line where they provide traffic control rental and sales for san antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com again it's a wednesday but it's our friday and there's a lot happening this week so it's time to let you know what's on tap the blitz wants you to know What's on tap? Presented by Sam's Burger Joint. What's on tap? Brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint online. Sam'sBurgerJoint.com where you can see their full schedule. Get your tickets. That menu. They got live music tonight. Matt Kirk is out there. Ruben B. on Thursday night. Friday night, the Wilder Blue. On Saturday night, Nightbird, a Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks tribute band. And then on Sunday, a New Year's, a New Year's Eve bash. With the Damn Torpedoes, a Tom Petty tribute band that is fantastic. The Damn Torpedoes are awesome. They're great. I want to go back to Wednesday, though. You just said Matt Kirk. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to finish that. Yeah, Matt Kirk and friends. <laughs> I have no idea who his friends are. I, I think he's. I think it's pronounced Wayfarers. Sure. Not Gooeyfarers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've screwed it up so many times. I, sure I, have. I didn't want to get added oh to that list. I, 
Because uh, Matt Kirk really is the star of the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Wednesday, <laughs> tonight out of Green Hall, Slim Bob and the fabulous Stump Grinders are out there. Also at the Majestic Theater, Wicked, which, by the way, runs through January 7th. And then Thirsty Horse Saloon is a great place. Gary Hobbs is out there tonight. On a Thursday night out at the Aztec, the Toadies are going to be out there. The Alamo Dome has the Valero Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma and Arizona. Paper Tiger has Kay Flay and Sabino. Going to be a big weekend. Friday night at a Green Hall, an evening with the Mavericks. Frost Bank Center has Parker McCullum, country music star out there. You've got the Gary Owen at the Tobin Center. Stoney LaRue at Floors Country Store. Should be fun. Absolutely. Saturday night, um, Green Hall still has the Mavericks. The uh, Redbird Listening Room has Dale Watson, and Schuler King is at LOL Comedy Club. Sunday night, New Year's Eve, right? Green Hall, it is New Year's Eve with the Mavericks, Frost Bank Center. Well, you can celebrate with the Spurs and the Celtics. That ought to be over early. You can leave for a New Year's Eve celebration. I think it's a 6 o'clock start, well, so yeah. You, you can leave about game. 7.30. Are we at the point with the Spurs where you're seeing who's in town to go watch them and not us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Boston is a good team. You see old Derek White. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? A lot of New Year's Eve bash. Cowboys Dance Hall has one. Yeah. Don't know what's happening there. Don't but, either, but, but it's a party. They'll have one. Yeah, they'll they'll have one. It says so it says so right there on the uh, on the on, on the paper. <laughs> what's on tap? Brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. Online at samsburgerjoint.com. Matt Kirk and the Wayfarers. Yeah. Is that is that what it's called? The first time I saw that, I'm not kidding. I don't know where we were, but I'm like, I asked Maggie, I said, what is gooey? <laughs> what is gooey? It's, it's that's, spelled that's a G- random question to ask your wife. G-U-E-Y. Yeah. G-U-E-Y is how it is. So it's the Wayfarers, right? But it looks like the gooey fairs. Well, it's got the two little dots that go over the U. Yeah. I just don't know how to make that on the keyboard. Well, there you go. See, Pledge, I would have had it if you'd have put the two dots No, man. We're a couple <laughs> dots short. Yeah, do we have extra innings with Pledge tonight? We do? All right. And then we have the Aggies tonight? Yep. Andrew Monaco. Andrew Monaco. So the Aggies? Against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. In the Hello, Texas Bowl. <laughs> What was that? (laughs) I'm not falling for that banana in the tailpipe. (laughs) I just want to say I hope everybody has a safe and happy new year. Absolutely. Be safe, everybody. Have fun. Uh, Rudy is in tomorrow. No Rob, right? Pledge is getting up early. Are you even going home tonight? Probably not. Well, then how are you going to drive Tom to work if, if you don't? <laughs> That's funny. If you Poor don't Tom's going to have to take an Uber. <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> Just everybody needs a friend like James exactly Pledger. Exactly right. <laughs> He's an Uber driver. Yeah, and he doesn't even charge Tom. Apparently doesn't even charge. Man. He said he was going to take you to dinner like at Sugars or something. Or the Purple Orchard. Or what was it? <laughs> purple Garlic. That place. Yeah. 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 Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Extra innings with Pledge. Next. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. 
It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe. Follow Jason at Jason Menix and Joe Reinigle at Joe Reinigle 210 on YouTube and always at sasportstar.com. Not be serious. KTFM Floorsville. <laughs> and then another. <laughs>